This is the joy of gaming. Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast, episode 59. I'm Rich Lepore. And I'm Jordan Alseka. And we are back. We're doing a duo podcast. We couldn't quite get the scheduling worked out, which is why it's been such a delay, but we are here. There's been plenty of other content. I hope that our audience has grown and matured. And diversified. Their portfolio of podcasts where we just ramble about shit. Yes, it is true. <laughs> Although I, I always like to keep in mind the fact that, you know, our, if you want to call it our network now, has did start with gaming, and so, you know, I do notice that our gaming podcasts get the most hits, so I know a lot of you love hearing us talk about gaming. That's I love talking about gaming. Yeah, but, you know, check out the other shows. We we do good work there. We do. <laughs> Kevin Schaefer, our co-host on every other podcast, is, right. is uh, very, very well-versed. Uh, he would do this show if he played games. He but, just doesn't, yeah, play, video he doesn't games. play video games. But, um, but, yeah, we do. We play a lot of video games, and we are right in the middle. This is our... Uh, last podcast, well, la- first podcast in a while, but also last podcast of gaming before our year end. And this year we are doing a Game of the Year episode. It is going to be epic. Uh, all uh, signs point to Kelsey will be available for that. Uh, so we'll have a nice uh, roundtable of discussion about what we played this year. we're going to have four end-of-the-year episodes. Uh... Yeah, one for each topic. So obviously, you know, we have gaming, and we'll have TV, we'll have film. And we will have comics. Yes, and to to varying degrees of depth, more than likely. I mean, gaming's the gaming gaming's the big one, but we're going to try and introduce some new categories to uh, at least film and TV, um, possibly comics. It's always uh, comics is, is com- little side talk. I know sure. gaming gaming's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're getting there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, probably. But uh, I snuck some Kingsglaive talk into our movies cast. That's so, true. So we're, oh, we're going to get some Kingsglaive we're, talk we're, today. We're balancing. But, okay. uh, no, comics is always trickier just because none of us... We're all trade waiters, which makes it harder to talk about the year as perfectly as uh, might otherwise be. We, we can really talk about the first half of the year well, because yeah. all the trades are out. Yeah, but... it's true. It's really true. We have diversity in other ways than that. You know, some of us are more about creator-owned work. Some of us are more about Marvel and DC. I think we actually have an even split creator-owned Marvel and DC as far as fandom. So yeah. it's really I nice did, I did buy a single issue for the first first time in a while. I was the other day. Dr. So. Freaking Afro, right? Yeah, because the Darth Vader series was my series of the year last year with right. the other Star Wars, and Dr. Afro was a big reason why. And, uh, uh, you know, that also is to say that while we're recording this, this will, this will probably come out a week after um, the weekend of Rogue One, but Rogue One just happened. It did. Uh, to give you a little time stamp on this. Um, we unfortunately probably won't get to do an episode on that because get film of the year, but it... May come up there. It may. Knows. It may. I, Some I pretty big Star Wars fans on this podcast. There, there are. There are. Um, all right. Well, it's it's been three minutes. I guess. I guess we should talk about games. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Pull so, our legs. Okay. So what we've decided to do for this episode, um, there's there, we could sit here for six hours and catch up on every piece of news that there has ever been, and it would we've probably done that episode before. <laughs> we have, and it would be fun. Um, but in the interest of reality. And everything else, we are going to do um, a, a, a version of this catch-up episode that makes sense to us. And so, what that sounds like is we're going to look at 
news stories that were huge. Um, not everything, um, but the two biggest, but the two biggest things that are the most recent because it has been two months since the last episode. A lot has happened in the gaming community, but we're gonna look at things that are. Well, I guess Big they're the ups. two biggest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, quite. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna make a PSX pun there, and I was like, yeah. I can't. It's gonna be so dumb. So never mind. Or things that are PS extremely interesting. <laughs> We're, We're talking do... about the Switch and the P- PlayStation experience. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe how quickly I forgot the Switch was even called NX. <laughs> That's how like much this the Switch name has has, has grabbed me. Uh, not necessarily in a good way, it just has grabbed me. It's one of those things. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk. Yeah, we will talk. Um, so we're going to talk about the Switch, like you said, talk about PSX. PSX, though, doesn't just isn't just PSX happened, put a stamp on it. No. There are a lot of games to talk about that came a out of PSX. A lot of announcements. It was uh, a huge... I mean, I, I will... I, I think I'd have to quantifiably say that there were more... I, I almost feel like it was more groundbreaking than E3 this year in some ways. Like, as, as far as the number of... Things I wasn't expecting to hear about that were announced. I'll be honest, I can barely remember <laughs> three this um, year. I mean, neither. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I'll give you an example, right? Nintendo's booth. There was one game. Well, the Switch wasn't ready. Right, right, right. Exactly. They decided to, to, to hold off till like, November on that, or August, late August. I mean, but still, I mean, no DS stuff. It was, it was just Breath of the Wild, and a really, apparently, I wasn't there, a really beautiful, like, 3D diorama of Breath of the Wild shit. Yeah. Um... I mean, it was a weird year. I, you know, another thing that just recently came out, Steep. Did you hear about this game? Yeah. Uh oh. That game. I thought you might. <laughs> I freaking thought you might because Jordan is a huge SSX fan. Yes. Um, and not only that, wasn't there another 1080 Avalanche right. on the GameCube? Right. So uh, I remember when SSX came out, though there was this there was this air, this period when it was much like this year where there was like a, a big glut of a lot of great games coming out, and Jordan picked a serious like. Like uh, 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 B call or, or closet call. That was on my list of game of the year till about November. It was a rough I'm surprised year. That it got, year. Yeah, I'm surprised it got dropped just because you were so pumped on that game. You were like, I love this game. It's so great. And I was just surprised because I didn't know you were a big like snowboarding video game aficionado. It's a. I, I mean, it's weird. I People used to have love Tony things. Hawk too, but Tony Hawk hasn't put out a good game in over well since I Pro Skater three or four, arguably. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Now I hear that Steep is not um, that type of game. Like that, it's much more. Here's a huge mountain and areas. Oh, it's an, yeah, it's like an open world exploration sports game, extreme snow sports. The game. biggest thing I've seen is you. It it, it it alleges to allow you to kind of do whatever you want. Uh, there are four. There's there's paragliding, wingsuit, snowboard, and skiing. Kind of lets you play to play your way to unlock more courses, but kind of by the end of it, you sort of have to have done a little of everything at least. And I've heard the the, the paragliding is not the most fun. And thinking of those four things, I would assume paragliding wouldn't be. Although the most I heard wingsuits rocking. Yeah, the wingsuit's sweet. Wingsuit's supposedly great. It's, it's one of those things where like you can just like see a tree nearby and like wingsuit over near it for like close shave points. And I mean, just hearing about that sounds fun. It sounds very Jet Set Radio. It just sounds. I don't know, like like a fun thing to play. Yeah, so I, I was I mean, glad I to know. see it get good reviews. I mean, it could have been. Did a you stinker. know it was coming? Uh, Maybe you did. Yeah, I for, did. For not not a long time, for about a month beforehand. Um, I but mean, there's just it, been it, so many things in a year where things like Last Guardian finally came out and Final Fantasy 15 finally came out. It's just like so many. There were so many gaming stories. And in a year where we haven't record, in a, in a time when we haven't recorded in two months, Steep somehow becomes our headline start story. Right, right. Well, hey man, Stranger Things, Stranger Let's Things go can Steep happen. Steepcast. We're going to talk that RNG. 
Uh, I don't know. You listen to the Destiny casts. How do we break down a game like that? Oh man, um, what's that? Break huh? down a game listen, like what? Like like you would you listen to the Destiny? So how do you yeah, break yeah. a game down like that? We got to apply those rules to steep. And just go hardcore into snowboarding casts. I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, if you're going to do a cast that's very specifically about one game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, what they do is, like, there'll be a portion that's about the community. There'll be a portion about what's coming. There'll be a portion about the PvP section. They break we, it down. We, yeah, we got nothing that ought to, I don't think any of no, those. We, uh, we no, don't. we don't. But it is a game I would like to play. I, I can't imagine it making... You lit up when I mentioned Steve. I did. You I love home. those types of games. It's a weird thing, but yeah. I, I do. Well, I'm, also, you know, I always had... The original Assassin's Creed, I always had look at what I always thought was a unique take on them, which was that they're very much, like, sit-back games where you could, like, pull the right trigger, and, and that basically right trigger meant you just climb on shit automatically. And so you could just run through those games, and he would just clamber and climb and jump and run. And you really, once you got the groove of how to control Assassin's Creed, you could sort of kick back and, like, hold that trigger and explore and just have a great time. And I feel like Steep, once you got the handle on the controls, would be that kind of game. Yeah. you just, like, run around this mountain. It'd be a great Sunday afternoon, you know? Yeah, now they're taking out so much of the clamoring, you just got a grappling hook, <laughs> and you can zip up buildings. Although, although, they also, supposedly, I haven't played much of Syndicate yet, but they, I know you loved it. Um, they they supposedly really fixed a lot of that with giving you like you can go up or down and yeah. just making that distinction really mattered. It was uh it was good for that. Um, but uh, big cool. big news I guess before we get to games we've been playing. Yeah. Uh, the uh, where, where do we want to start? Let's PSX? start PSX. Okay. Yeah. So PSX happened. I I didn't know PSX was such a big deal. I didn't know apparently it, was a thing. it is. Uh, it was well. It, it's... Well, you know these 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 companies they always do this kind of thing. Like Nintendo does their directs. They're kind of Online. A lot of a lot of companies have sort of moved away from what's, or a lot are starting to move away from what were like the event where you had to do everything and and, and you don't have own, to anymore. They make their own like sort of sub events, like the Xbox something and Nintendo Direct, right? Uh, this PSX, you've got I'm sure there was know, Xbox Experience, I think it was or something. Yeah. Marvel, you know, didn't go to Comic Con. They were just like, we're going to announce all our movies for Phase Three on a Tuesday in October, right, right here. Right. They get, you can just do that because the internet's going to immediately get it out there, and you can build the hype and just take over the news cycle right. exclusively for a week, basically. I mean, it's, it's not a bad way to do it. It really is. And we've been hearing about PSX for two to three weeks now. And they picked a good time to do it, too, because although there's a lot of games to play, there's not much news. Yeah, it's a, it's a slower time. Um, there are big games coming. Actually, it's surprisingly a surprisingly strong amount of big games uh, in January, in January, February, February, February period, right? Yeah. which is, tends to be the doldrums. Um, although recently that's been changing. A lot of February, March releases lately. Um, I mean, like, I think we're getting Mass Effect Andromeda in March. Holy shit. I'm going to have to finally soon? finish three, dude. Jeez. I'm going to finally finish it, dude. I promise you I'm going to finish three. Because... I don't know. I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to do Mass Effect Andromeda cast. Rich can't be on it because he hasn't finished Mass I Effect know, 3. I know, right? It'll be spoilers. No, I, this is about the riders. It's a whole new thing. That's another thing that was kind of news is that is that you know a lot more details on andromeda came out you know i don't know what you know oh, about i've it. paid zero attention. i mean basically you're there's these rider twins right and they're a boy jane rider i don't know and then a, a guy scott rider right and then you can change their name but if you keep their name like jane rider they'll call you jane in the game which is kind of cool it's different than last time and that one you're just shepherd or whatever the nickname you had was uh specter or i don't know so um, in this one, you're basically colonizing a new place. So it's 100% new game in every way. There are similar races. There's going to be Krogans. There's going to be Asari. 
but you're not going to really see anybody you ever knew. You, obviously, yeah, there's no game save holdover. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Given how the last... I mean, you either go, what, hard prequel or something? Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, well, or, or, yeah, yeah, or, or just, like, you know, have peripheral characters remain and have, like, a new specter that takes on the new sure. threats in the same galaxy. This one's taken us to a whole different place. You're on, like, this, this ship that... Is called. I think it's. I, I forget what it's called, but you're on this ship. It's smaller and a little more like agile than the Normandy was. Um, but the, th- the big, the big thing on it is that like it, it really is going to simulate like that Star Trek experience of you're on the bridge and then like you when you select a place and like the the map, the galaxy map that you want to go to a planet, you see your like ship out the window pulling up to that planet, mm. and then you walk downstairs to where there's the little vehicle. It's a new vehicle now. Not like the Nomad was, and you you go out. Yeah, Mako. The Mako, right? Maybe it's called the Nomad now. Maybe. And and you go out um, of like a little port, but there's no load time, so it's just like this seamless experience, no artificial elevator loading. So anyway, I digress. It looks really cool. Cool, cool. Um, so back to PSX. All right. Uh, so I guess we'll just run it down. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of games announced. Um, let's start with I guess for me it was it was it was I guess P. Uh, or PSX, but it was more felt like Naughty Dog X because jeez, <laughs> yeah. If, if, if unless you were Jack and Dexter, your franchise got some kind of announcement from Naughty Dog. Uh, That's true. Let's go. I guess from their history, we'll start with uh, probably the least exciting. I don't know. Maybe not if you're a huge fan. Some but... people have been asking for this for years and years and years. That's true. Crash Trilogy was announced, and uh, it's actually a pretty impressive looking. It's basically is it. I didn't uh, see much. Yeah, they... I mean, it's fully HD updated. The graphics... It's a complete overhaul. Um, it seems like the engine is still there, or meticulously recreated, but it's basically... It's the original three Crash Bandicoot games, uh, remastered... Or more than remastered. Remade in... Uh, for the PS4 as a, as a trilogy collection. Um, it's interesting, for sure. I mean, the, the rights for this game were really were the issue. I mean, every game under the sun was, that was popular, even half as popular as Crash, was getting remakes. Now this finally got is getting one. And it has to do with, you know, Activision now owns the rights. They bought them way back and started making thing, weird games that sold, you know, not that well. You know, yeah. basically that, that whole series... Well, not really. Remember the, the 360 era? You were starved for, for 3D platformers. There was nothing. No, yeah, it was by, yeah, it was by about 2005 that a lot of it died out with, like, uh, I think... Insanity and mm-hmm. the Cortex, Cortex something, yeah, Mutanimals, yeah. So, I, or, there was no, the that's one the TMNT jump, thing. No, I don't the know. One, the one where you jump, yeah, that is TMNT <laughs> thing. The one where you jump onto like the animals and like you're like riding them. Mayhem something, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there were a Mutant lot of junkie. mayhem. Maybe. Mayhem. That sounds right. I think there were a lot right. of junkie. Uh, a lot of junky crash games, and you know the worst part. And a lot of junky Spyro games too. Yeah, it's tangential, but it's true. It's true. And then and then um, Skylanders came. But anyway, um, that was the problem with the rights because Activision owned the rights, but they didn't want to do it or something. But anyway, it's basically like printing money at this point. They have. I mean, I don't know how much work goes involved is involved in those in those. It seems like a good updates. bit given how good it yeah. looks. Yeah. But it's no, probably yeah, pretty it's gonna, huge. Uh, if they keep it at all reasonably priced, I'm sure. Everyone who owns a PlayStation generationally I mean, will be thirty nine ninety nine. It's a done deal. Are yeah. you going to play it? Uh, well, I mean, I, my, my my caveat with anything on this list is if I get a PS four, yeah, you will at some point. It's, it's going to happen. They're they're uh, they're making it more and more appealing. Let's put it that there's way. There's a lot of games. It's it's always by about this point in the generation, it, it, it you get to the point where you realize just how 
deep the PlayStation exclusives library kind of is. And they've got a lot more of And them Horizon now. Zero Dawn next year. I mean, there's just a lot of big tentpole releases. Um, speaking of that, let's see, so we were going in order of some kind of weird arbitrary order. What was this? <laughs> the order these franchises originated. Okay. So they didn't have Jack and Daxter, which... That's my favorite franchise they've ever done, so okay. I, I was saddened by this. Okay. Uh, but they did announce Uncharted, The Lost Legacy. Right. Which is basically a Chloe game? Maybe a game. Maybe a chapter. What did you say you heard the latest? They said it's, it's, it's longer than The Last of Us Left Behind, but it is shorter than Uncharted 4. And considering Last of Us Left Behind is 3 to 4 hours and Uncharted 4 is 20, there's a big range there. You could, I would assume that means like an 8 to 10 hour experience. That would be, I think, I would think it'd be along the lines of Ratchet and Clank into the Nexus, you know? Where it's a lower-priced retail release that still is a worthwhile experience. I like... I really dislike those, though. Um, I've played all those Ratchet games. I actually just finished Into the Nexus. Um, and it they always disappoint me. They always disappoint me when I'm grooving on them. All of a sudden, they end. Well, Uncharted happens. in particular is where you first talked about that groove game thing. So, uh, yeah, a shorter experience can do that. I actually really liked Into the Nexus just because I thought it was... Fairly focused. It's been a couple years now, obviously. Um, And it had been a while since it was a Ratchet and Clank game, so it was a little starving for content, too. But That's uh, true. But, I mean, you put all three of them together, they're basically one game. I mean, really, it's like that. I think there's three. There's the Booty, Pirate's Booty. There's um, Into the Nexus. Was there a third one? No. Maybe not. Maybe just the two. Yeah, Into the Booty, yeah, that was sort of like the mid-cool, semi-half game. Yeah, that was a weird one. I played that. That one did not light my world. I mean, it was just so... It just didn't have enough... I mean, those games are so much about assembling an arsenal over a game that needs to be long enough. And then when you get to that point where you're, like, you know, three-quarters of the way through the game, you at least have that last quarter to really enjoy your arsenal. In that game, you pick up the last weapon and the game's over. You know, it's just... I don't know. I mean, then there's New Game Plus, which I never do, so... Ideally, ideally, it's Uncharted... Chloe's a fan favorite. You tell a good story. That's, that's the a thing. shorter thing. That's the thing because if you do, if you make a nervous den out of it, you know, which was a huge fan favorite. Bioshock Two. Still need to play that. I got the collection now, so I need to. Get oh my to god! That. Now you got no excuse. Yeah, I'm um, playing Bioshock Two first because yeah, it's totally yeah. important to play those chronologically. I mean, it, yeah, I guess not. Um, but I mean, you know, you, you when you buy a sixty dollars video game, it's kind of important to play it right, right? I yeah, mean, I, I, I pl- the thing. This is a little what I've been playing, but it's been a while now. because yeah, like, yeah. I got that collection. I played through Bioshock, and then I got to that point where it's like, man, I played a lot of Bioshock. Actually, yeah. I played through more than half of Infinite because I wanted to switch off from Rapture. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, um, how was that? That game is still underwhelming. Why? I'm sad to say. I was hoping that wouldn't be so. Especially played back to back, it's just oh. it's missing something. I don't know what. Uh, but anyway, it really is. It really is. I want. I wanted to think because I've heard people say actually the combat's really fun when you come back to it, and I was like, is that true? You know, it is. It is fun. But what I'll say is, you know, what else is lacking next to the first Bioshock is Bioshock Two because I've also started that, and it both of those games. It they neither one whether with or without Ken Levine. Yeah. Maybe if you put Ken Levine back in Rapture, but he didn't want to go there. I, uh-uh. I, well, apparently he did with. He's doing Barrel something now. See. He's doing so. Yeah, you, if I actually saw it. This is one of the weird things that I always go off on these type of tangents. But I got to talk about this. We're kind of. I've 
yeah. we started it. So I was. There's a lot we've missing, and yeah. they're coming out as we talk. It, it we is. can't plan this. It is. It is. So I I watched because I was like, what's Ken Levine working on? Like, it, supposedly it was some ambiguous thing. Smaller team. He fired like th- two thirds of his team because it needed he needed to be nimble and make decisions on the fly. And he was get he's getting a little bit into that like older auteur zone yeah, where like bizarrely, you start, where you start fucking up. Bizarrely, he's gone deep into salad dressing design. I don't know what that's about. Okay, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've seen that the salad dressing thing. Yeah. So there's a video that you can watch. It's about an hour of him talking about his game his current game design and he just is talking and he says and this is all non-proprietary so anybody you guys are free to use this these nuggets take them and run with them you know that's what he says at the beginning of the video and it's basically him talking about like how you create a game that's narratively based but that also is replayable and like it was very rudimentary it wasn't that groundbreaking what he was saying it's like it's almost like he's overthinking things a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. I, I didn't get to the end of it. I was, I was like, a little bit underwhelmed, and I stopped maybe 15, 20 minutes in, so maybe it, it, it crescendoed in some brilliant way. I doubt it, though. <laughs> but the point is, like, the game, quote-unquote, that he's making right now isn't a game. It's this concept of, you know, having characters in these different pools, and then, like, if you make the orcs happy, you've made the elves unhappy. Conversely, if you make the... Uh, sea creatures happy, then both the orcs and the elves don't like you. But, I mean, and then, like, so that everything is a trade-off. That sounds like every game I've played. It really makes me want to play Small World. (laughs) Naming those races. Um, But, you know what I mean? It's not groundbreaking. It's creators... It's that unchecked when you become a creator who's so big and you can do whatever you want to do and... You kind of you can it's it's I've I've it, we've seen it happen with a lot of creators. You kind of get lost in your own yeah. indulgences. Um, I'm worried that's happening. Taking a brief side trek out of Naughty Dog, I'm I'm a little worried that's happening with uh, Hideo Kojima, which is which would be to Are say it's worried? not happening. Already. By the way, speaking yeah, Death Stranding is another thing we we can't talk about because I think they showed it. At they PSX. did show the new trailer for Death Stranding, and I'm sure have you seen the 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 way they line up that people have found on no but that's cool there's like the scene have you seen either of them the trailer yes both okay because there's the scene in the original you know where norman reedus is like holding his baby and he's like wailing and and it disappears on him i I don't remember that yeah in the second trailer like you see uh i think it's guillermo del toro himself yeah you do yeah Yeah, he's 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 got like a bad sack and it it, like fill and suddenly there's a baby in it and if you time them exactly the same as the baby disappears in one trailer it appears in the other trailer that's ridiculous yeah i mean look it's art if he's making art, you love Metal Gear Two. Metal Gear Two, yeah, Metal Gear Solid Two is is fantastically it's the most artistic. Out there. It's probably the most similar to what you're talking about there. You yeah. know what I mean? In that it's just it does weird shit and it, and it, and it plays with the boundaries and it just does shit. I mean, he is saying that instead of being, I don't remember what the, what it, what what the exact words are, but he said this is going to be a game about ropes and pulleys or nets and not not guns or but it's but about ropes and then like if you look at it there's all these like like fishing line throughout the i mean it's, it's crazy Kojima, though he it's could crazy. just be screwing he could be screwing i mean he um, could, yeah he's like hey check he's out my a new fascinating was... guy no matter yeah. what I, I, what i actually quick recommendation to a very cool series if you check out uh stop skeleton from fighting their new series past mortem looks at debacles and famous incidents in gaming history does it talk about diac at all uh not yet. It just started, but his the new one. the most recent episode I have not watched yet. But knowing Derek Alexander's output is going to be fantastic. He did the uh, entire history of the beef between Kojima and Konami. So that's a does it actually give you out. some clarity? Because I have no fucking clarity. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but oh, okay. I did watch his the what went wrong with uh, Mighty Number no. Nine video, and it was 
as everything he does, extremely well documented and researched. So, oh, that's really uh, good because I was wondering because it it seems like everybody turned on that game at a certain point, and it was interesting. Like they were like, that explosion looks like a pizza pie. Yeah, there was a lot that went wrong behind the scenes with that game. It, it fascinating. Really, just a plug for for uh, yeah. Derek Alexander and stop skeletons from fighting because he's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, okay, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, Death Stranding. It's it's still it's impossible to make anything of that game because there's uh, no yeah. gameplay. There's no gameplay. It's supposedly about I don't nets or or, or cords or, or pulleys. I mean, I, you're right, he could be fucking with us, or it could be, like, this new concept of game design he has, except he's making a game. You know what I mean? Like, it, Ken Levine, like, start making your game, bro. You know? It's just, like, these auteurs. And you're right, there are these big auteur types. Another one that's interesting to talk about is Harvey Smith, right? He's over uh, making Dishonored 2, um, and then uh, his his partner, somebody, Colin Tony, is doing the new Prey game, which looks interesting. I mean, these, these are people, these are titans of the industry. Another one is Corey Barlog. Um, is is back doing God of War whatever what, with the father in uh, it? Yeah, yeah, God of Four, I guess. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, something like that. <laughs> There's a uh, um, wow, Cliffy B. He, right. He's doing his own weird he, thing. Paragon now. is it or no? Yeah. Uh, no, I Paragon forget. was what Epic did, and like I don't know what's going on with that. But there's these titans of industry. Like we, we've had a video game industry long enough now, and AAA titles and big guys at the head of these studios. Another one would be the. Um, the guy from, um, uh, um, uh, what's the guy, um... Keiji Inafune? Yes, but... I'm not, <laughs> not the one you're thinking No, of. because Mighty Number no. 9 is not what we're talking about. Um, the dude, um, Double Fine. Oh, oh, Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer, right. So he's another Titan. In a different way, he went up, you know? Um, Molyneux, I don't know what he's doing at this point. I know his company went <laughs> under this year. Um, Lionhead's done. So there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. But at least Kojima, back to Death Stranding and PSX. I'll try to, I'll try to keep it on the ground here. We're, we're just it's going fu- crazy. We're having fun. We are, I know, yeah. we're only 24 minutes in. But man, we've it covered some ground. It feels good to talk games. We have covered some ground. Okay, so um, Death Stranding, I mean, I want to play that game, whatever it is. It's fucking crazy. He's thinking, he's using his brain. We're humans, we're creative, we like making art. And that's what he's doing. And And it's... You know, yes, it may be too batshit crazy to enjoy, but I don't think, maybe not. I always, this is something I think when you get to any creative who's done one thing for a long time. And let me, Kojima's career is Metal Gear, right? Yeah. There's, there's yeah. no denying that. And so I'm I'm curious because he's been able to revisit those wells and those, that well and those familiar tropes and build on top of them in new weird ways. And granted, it's arguable he got way too esoteric even most most recently with Metal Gear Solid Five, but now he has to go back to basics and, and make us care and int- be interested in new characters, and I'm worried he's going to go for the big, crazy ideas and forget point. the thing he did 20, 25 years ago. That's a really interesting comment. Now? So what you're thinking is, like, give us the snake on his hands and knees crawling through the radiation scene without giving us the five games that made us give a shit who snake is. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great it happens point. In, I mean, it happens a lot when you have people... Trying to start over because they want to keep telling stories. They've lost the property. And they want done the big strokes. Like, that's a great, you know, that's a really good theory on maybe what happened with Ken Levine's uh, Bioshock Infinite. Is that instead of, I mean, not, not, not to say that, no, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't map. No, not But, regar- but regardless, but, though, that's a game where he tried, you know, it does in a way. Here's how it maps. I know what I was thinking. So, he is a guy who has, through his games, built up to, like, this making broad... Big, like big bold statements and being like really thoughtful and, and and bold with his decisions and having huge twists and it's almost like he would just kept trying to outdo himself 
I guess that's a separate problem. No, but it, it, it's related. Yeah. Or it's like looking at, you know, the prequel Star Wars films where Lucas had, you know, theoretically come up with all these ideas and the mythology and all that. And he was so focused on that, but the characters were new or super young and different and not made to be as compelling. And so right. you need that human connection to give a shit about a big mythology. That's a, that's a really good point. That is a really good point. And I think Booker didn't quite do that for us. Um, so in that way, it definitely ties. It's it's tough when a lot is expected of you. People wanted Bioshock Infinite to be this this masterpiece stroke, and what's he what's the guy to do? For some people, it was. Yeah, we'll see on Death. And I'm Friday. glad for those people. I yeah. mean, you know, I I don't. There's no game I start playing and want it to be terrible. No, like, that is I think not. true of anyone because you pay your money for it, or you know, you get it as a free download, but you pay for that subscription or whatever. You, no one wants to. No one wants to go and enjoy or, or have to endure bad, uninteresting, or uninspiring material. It's, right. you know, unfortunate that it happened that and way. And not to mention, uh, you are even optimistic about Metal Gear Survive. Are you still? Yeah, I think that game looks sweet. I've actually been hearing the, the, the games media kind of turn positive on it a little bit. It's weird. The videos look good! To, I was listening to Game Informer podcast, and they were like, yeah, that game looks like it could be pretty fun. I'm, I'm rooting for them. They said, I was like, what? I'm there from day one. What? We have it on this I know, podcast. I know. It's been recorded I'll, via Skype. I didn't be... see you at the time. Could have been Robot Jordan, but it was probably not. It was probably not. Uh, but yeah, so, so there is Death Stranding. It... It's hard to say much more if than you've the seen theoretical. The previews, yeah, if you've seen the previews, you know that it's basically... Oh, I know what there is to say. Mads. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen is Mads that. Mikkelsen is the villain in it. And he looks fucking cool in it. Boy, man, when they when they, when somebody becomes an it person in Hollywood, they're everywhere. Mads Mikkelsen's everywhere. He's in everything. He's in and World I One. I think what's... Well, not to interrupt. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, what's please. interesting is when, you, when that happens, you see if someone was... Really well cast in one part that plays to their strengths, or if they actually have range. It's like, I really, you know, I love, um, wow, I'm blanking, I'm blanking out, Christoph Waltz, right? In, yeah. In Glorious Bastards. But a lot of the roles he's played since played a lot of the same strengths. I don't know that he has as much range. Like, Maz, he's been doing a lot of different stuff okay. lately. I was so wondering where you were going with that. Like, Did Rogue you dig, One. You definitely, I don't think you dug, dug him in Strange. No, I didn't dig, dig him in Strange, but he was playing the villain, and Marvel villains aren't the best served. Okay. Um... He, he he also just comes across as a, a, a nice guy. Yeah. It, it Strangely, <laughs> considering yeah, he's Hannibal, he's got a dance background too. I mean, he's he's an interesting fellow. Um, but yeah, anyway, but yeah, he's in it. Uh, Man, Reedus, obviously. Um, it's it's strange that what you, what's the guy's name you mentioned that's in it? Uh, Christoph Waltz. No, no, no. In uh, Death Stranding uh, trailer, uh, the, oh Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, that's a weird choice. I didn't know he was an actor at all. He was involved with Silent Hills, though, wasn't he? Yeah, PT and all that shit. So I guess it's probably tied to that, because... I guess, but but why mocap that dude? I mean, I I just don't get it. It looks good. Maybe he's the director of, like... Maybe it's Westworld. Maybe Death Stranding is, like, Westworld. Westworld. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's going to get talked about a lot next uh, their TV of the year episode. Oh, so I have no doubt. You're almost done. Uh, no, but I know you and Kevin. Love yeah, it. yeah. And Kelsey, good lord, I'm going to be. I might be island alone. I'm only halfway through the series so far, so right. I, I don't know yet. But all right. Uh, so let's move on from Death Stranding to back. Let's go back. Finish up Naughty Dog. Okay. And this is arguably the biggest announcement of the I'm gonna let you show. Go with this one because you were really pumped or to talk about it. Well, uh, so The Last of Us Chapter 2 was announced, and this had been kind of rumored for a while. People were thinking, yeah, they're going to do another Last of Us game, but it's going to be different characters in the same world. 
And no, it is returning to... It's called The Last of Us Chapter 2. It is returning to Ellie and Joel's story. She's 19 now, I think. So it's been about seven, eight, seven years. Uh, and she, she was 11? I think she was 12. Oh my god, she didn't act 12. <laughs> okay, go ahead. It's been maybe four years. I don't okay. know, it's been a while. She's okay. grown into a young woman. Um, a lot of the, the trailer is very simplistic. It kind of shows the world and she plays a song on a guitar. Joel comes in. Ask her what she wants to do. She says, "Kill every one of them." Uh, there's like bodies all around her. It seems uh, the the someone on the team was basically saying the first game was a, lo- was a game about love. This is going to be a game about hate and revenge and all of that. And yeah, so if you're a fan of The Last of Us, I have to imagine you're pretty excited for this. Here's what gets me. What makes me kind of happy about it. So it is the kind of game that I remember. I don't remember if this was like the quote, but I remember the sentiment when that game finished was, "We're not doing a sequel to this game." was very clear. Oh, yeah. This was a one-off game. We'll move on to Uncharted. We'll do some other things, but we are not doing a sequel to Last of Us. And that sentiment changed over time to what they're now saying, and I think this is really well put. Uh, Drucker, I think, is the name of the guy who's the writer of Last of Us and now this one. And he said, um, we spent a really long time coming up with ideas and dismissing them. We didn't. We always said we'd do it if we could come up with the right story, and we tried and tried and tried for years, now we finally found a story worth telling. Okay. I Neil, mean, that's Neil good. Neil Drucker, I think. Yeah. Neil Druckmann. <clears throat> Druckmann. Yeah. This is my thing. Because if you go back, the episode's recorded. I remember it famously because I think me, uh, me, you, and Tim shat on the three big schemes of that summer, kind of in a row, between, uh-huh. I think it was that, Grand Theft Auto, and something else. Something big. No, Bioshock Infinite, wasn't it? Right. right. Yeah, we, we kind of, like, crapped up wow, on Wow, that, that was kids. a pretty star-studded year. I mean, not for us, but... Yeah, um... To me, the ending to that game, uh... I did not like. Um, mm-hmm. and slight spoiler... It's been three years, so slight spoilers on that. But I did not like the tone of it, and it ended on a pretty big... What a lot of people see is a moment of love on Joel's part, as I... he The way he lied to Ellie at the end there about what happened... Felt like a pretty big deception and a pretty controlling bad thing to do. So when I first, I, I I had not seen the trailer. I saw the comments about the hate and the look on her face and like the screenshot. My hope would be that this would be about her finding out what he did and kind of responding <laughs> to that. That's so wishful. That's I, so I, wishful. I still, I'm, I'm not that unconvinced so that won't come out or be part of this game because that was a big lie. That's what the game ended on sure. was him actively lying to her when she asked him if what he was telling her was the truth. And, I mean, I've seen all the interpretations that she wanted him to lie, even if it wasn't true. You know, she wanted him to say yes, even if it wasn't true, because otherwise it's too horrible to live with. But, I don't know, I want that conflict. Because that's the one thing that game left me wondering, is what happens next in their relationship. Well, that's Do a, they stay friends? Isn't that a good thing, that it left it ambiguous and tenuous like that? If it had been all knitted up, let's say it had ended differently. Let's say it, I don't think know. About it's, that. it's been three years. I'm sure if you go back to that no, episode, I, mean, I, I can't relitigate it either. I don't know all the yeah, yeah, facts, no. but I'm just saying it's like, hard to say because um, all, all I'm saying is I'm just pointing out that now that we're three years later, look at all the drama they left themselves to play with. Well, that's a good Isn't thing for storytelling, but when yeah. the when the hard line at the time was no sequel ever, yeah, yeah. that it's more frustrating. Yeah. I'm I'm open to the game exploring more, and uh, you know, I just remember the Last of Us not being the most fun. That's but. what I've heard a couple other people say, too. And, and, and when I heard them say it, I was like, that's right. I remember that all you do is throw bricks in that game. You know what I mean? That's right. I remember that it's a stealth game where 
you're basically just hiding from these dudes who, like, can't see but somehow, like, can hear you and come after you. I mean, it wasn't unfun. No, it was, it was, it, it got was, you through. Yeah, and it, and it felt like, another thing that was a problem with it is, <laughs> even though it wasn't true, even though they were useful, the stuff you level up in that game feels like, every time I had level up points, I was like, I don't really want any of this shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's literally how I felt in that game. And that is a big problem if, you're, if your level up system is not, like, enticing. Yeah. But I mean, it is a really fun game overall, and the story oh, pulled you through it. I like the puzzle solving elements. I don't know. It, it, it was, you know, it's like an 8 to me, you know? It's it's not a 10. Yeah, I, I think I might have said 7, 5, 8. Yeah. At the time. Again, it's been, it's yeah. been a hot minute. Hard, yeah. to, hard to fully remember. Yeah. But but in retrospect, I mean, I remember it positively. Um, just, just not Of those three on. games, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to sit here and think. Of those three that I, I we, we kind of crapped on. It, it, I don't know. None of them was like terrible. They just didn't live up to the no. hype. Yeah, and I mean, and what, what Grand Theft Auto has done to the game. It's industry. still going and, too. Well, that's, that's, that's the other part is the GTA Online. That's insane. They've probably made a billion dollars at that. They sell like stacks of fake cash in that game like all day. I can't even believe it. Yeah. They I have mean, a motorcycle crew. Like that game's so big that they have little like groups of people. Like that, form their own little cliques and then start petitioning Rockstar to make like gear so they can personalize even better. You heard about this? The motorcycle people—they they did a whole online petition so that there'd be more motorcycle gear, a la the the Lost in the Damned. They were like, "You had all these cool choppers and and motorcycle vests and that. We're a motorcycle crew, and on behalf of all of the Grand Theft Auto Online motorcycle crews, we impeach you to bring back all these options. Let us have choppers. Let us—I mean, it was this whole video." and petition. I mean, did they crazy. added it? They did, just recently. About, oh, that's cool. About a month ago, they listened. I mean, it's, they, it's money, that they've man. been supporting that community for three years. Yes, obviously, it's a cash cow. But Yeah, they're supporting it all right. Developers don't need to do itself. that. It's supporting itself. Uh, uh, all right, so, but yeah, so The Last of Us. Um, I This is a game I will play. I mean, yeah. however I felt about the first one, Naughty Dog makes solid games. And they're going to make it better. I mean, they're going to oh, take it's gonna, that first oh, yeah. game and they're going to make the mechanics. And the, I mean, it's just going to be way better, the, the gameplay. Yeah. Because I'm sure, as much as everybody loved that game, everybody in the reviews, I remember, they had things to say about the gameplay that weren't perfect. All right. Uh, so this was another game that had been rumored for a while, but Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was announced. Okay. Uh, four, tr- four fighters revealed in that first trailer with Iron Man, Captain Marvel... Oh, and now I'm blanking. Ryu and Mega Man X. And okay. I think Captain America and Morrigan have been announced since then. I don't know if there have been any more. All right. Um, is it four or whatever? Is f- No, it's Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Is that four, though? I mean, it's the fourth one. Uh, but the thing... The, here's the thing. Like, I like Marvel vs. Capcom 3 a lot. Uh, but the, 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 I don't know. They, they're, they're very clearly changing the gameplay. It's fully like three D modeled now. Uh, it's two 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 v two now. So two members on your team as opposed to three. It seems like it's changing up how things work. So it's harder to get excited about it because instead of being like a recreation of what's made Marvel vs. Capcom a classic in the past, it's a new it's new territory, which makes it so it's hard to be as excited because fighting game systems live and die on actually. Being a good system, right. and it's hard to know that right now. It totally is. That so so that I'm glad you're not making a stand either way on it. Um, 
what I would say is it's very hard in this day and age for a fighting game to rationalize its continued existence in sequels. Because, like, it's why games like Street Fighter, there's Street Fighter 4 and there's, like, seven versions of it. Because why do Street Fighter 5 if you don't have anything fundamental to change? The game's already great. People already love playing it. Give them more characters. Give them more moves. Speed it up. Tweak it. More options. I mean, it's so a board if you're game gonna, approach. Right. But if you're going to change... It needs to Marvel. be a fundamental. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, they've stopped supporting Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for a while, obviously. Okay. They released Ultimate, and then that was kind of it. Okay. Um, but yeah, when I, I particularly think of the game uh, Battlecon, which is the fighting game as a cardboard game that, that exists. Um, and they've, I think, done like 70, 80 characters at this point. Something like that, where they've just keep... They've continued to build on it. They haven't, like, changed the system drastically. They're just like, here's just more content with new characters and new what. And that's yeah. how fighting games kind of... A lot of them do. I think Skullgirls is that way, where yeah. they just sort of iterated it. And, yeah. you know, why not do that nowadays? So it is transformative. Um, it's more just, you know, when you have a property like Marvel vs. Capcom, where there's so many characters and new characters being introduced constantly, uh, when you completely change the system, if that system's not as good, then you have all these new characters... Like Captain Marvel, who's never been in one of these games before, who is in a bad game, and that that might be the worry. I don't know. I see. I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're probably going to nail it. But, oh, more but than yeah. likely. I mean, Capcom makes very good fighting games, so we'll see what it's like. Well, uh, speaking of, we'll see. I'll tell you what I'm really excited about, and I think you can guess. And it starts with a silent letter. <laughs> Knack two being Knack announced. Fucking two. So, if you want to talk about looking back at the history, I was such a big fan of Knack. Um, that was a PS4 launch game by Mark Cerny. I think Mark Cerny, right? Wasn't he the guy behind it? I think I it was. He, he's the guy that recently like launched the Pro and was on TV talking about high dynamic range lighting and all this shit. But I think it was Mark Cerny. Tell me when you get to it. But um, but anyway, that game is super fun. It's very finicky. Like you got to be like really. It's like a really twitch platformer. But man, is knack fun. And if you want to go back and play a game that was really underrated, that game is mad fun. And this one, they've listened to all the criticism the original one game got, and they're going to just make it better in every way. So there's going to be more moves. He's going to be a more fluid creation. He's going to be able to. So one of the big things in knack was you killed things and you collected their parts and became bigger and bigger. But unfortunately, you couldn't choose when you wanted to be big. You would be big when the plot called for it. For obviously, you know, programming restrictions. They had parts that you were big for, parts you were little for. Super fun game, though. And now it's going to be, like, much more fluid and open where you can choose when you want to grow big. And just just, a, just a, basically taking the idea of Knack and, and turning it from literally 4 to, to, to 10, you know? So it seems like it could be really awesome. I, I mean, I'm going to play the shit out of it. It... It was it's, one of my games of the year that year. It's a very divisive game from what I was seeing, because, uh, honestly, it got as much play in my Twitter feed as, like, Last of Us or Marvel vs. Capcom, because there were so many people who were just like, really, they're making a sequel to that piece of crap. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, looking at the reviews after that, it's like, yeah, they, uh, it was very divisive. Some yes, people were really like, no, it. it's going to pull you back, it's going to make you want to play it, keep playing, and then other people were like, this is... This is launch. This is the kind of garbage you get at launch that, you know, it's there and people are going to yeah. buy it because that's all there is. Um, and so it's interesting. I, I haven't had a chance to play it. I remember your love for it yeah. when, when it came it's out. It's super fun. I mean, it's... And we don't get mascot platformers ever anymore. And it had a good story. It was very Pixar. Sure. Uh, it's one I would probably check out because I can't imagine it's that pricey at this point. Um, no. So it could be an not. easy pickup for the PS4. Uh, it, whenever I get around to getting yeah, one. It, Mark Cerny did it. He said it's, yeah, yeah, I he said that, it's sorry, a yeah. little bit like Crash Bandicoot, a little bit like Katamari Damacy. 
Um, it is very much like a technical. It was like a technical showcase. Um, he's a knack is a living humanoid organism that consists of relics. A large central relic is always surrounded by a varying degree of small. Man, just thinking about this <laughs> makes me happy. I love it. And you have crystal relic powers: jumping, dodging, stealth, and punching. And that was it. Like it was not like big move set. It was just really fun. All right, I'm excited. Knack two. All right. Um. That leaves us with... There's got to be... I think there's one more PSX story, right? There is, yeah. Yeah, that leaves us with Windjammers. Yeah, so I, so if, do you know what this is? I do not. So Windjammers is, if you listen to Giant Bomb or the Game Informer show, especially Giant Bomb, though, they have been talking about this fucking game. It's a competitive Frisbee game called Windjammers, and they just play it in the office. It's like their game. Like, back when I was in a band... Our game was Killer Instinct. We would, every time we'd play it, we'd, we'd rock out, we'd have a man practice, then we would play Killer Instinct and beat each other's asses and say, C-c-c-combo breaker, and it was badass. Now, for Giant Bomb, that game is Windjammers, and they it's just it's just this competitive Frisbee game, and they love it, and now it's been announced to come to, I guess, PlayStation Systems with online um, competitive. So everybody's really pumped about that. I don't really know anything about it, I just know that it's a huge deal. Uh, yeah, okay, that explains it, because I, I saw it, it didn't yeah. fully click with you me. You did see it, it, yeah. Yeah, I saw it, like, I just what didn't... is that, right? Yeah. It, it, it's just a Frisbee game. And it's, it's, but it's a big deal for the fans. Yeah, and it's just the kind of thing people love to say they love. I'm not dissing Giant Bomb. Yeah, no, we're not saying they're hipsters. You want to grab it, and you want to say, Windjammer's my favorite game. Because nobody likes Windjammer's, you know what I mean? But they do. Apparently it's great. So. I like Windjammer's. All right, there no, you no, go. Yeah. Um... Okay, so that is those are the majority. We might have missed one or two yeah. small things, but I, I mean, we hit the big ones. Yeah, we got it. So speaking of freaking big, you cannot get bigger. I'm going to just prep this a little bit. So <laughs> prep, uh, prep the thing we already said we're talking about? Yes. Yeah, All right, go but for I'm it. Just gonna build no, no, it no, anyway. I got Fuck you. Got it. you got Fuck it. We're, fuck it. We're doing it live, Jordan. We're doing it live. That's how we do all of these shows. All right. All right. So NX, Nintendo NX was everywhere. Everybody was talking about NX, especially me. Um... There was all this talk about what's it going to be, what's it going to be, and it started to come out that it was probably like this hybrid, portable, and home system. Everybody's like, how's that going to work? What's that going to be like? What's battery life going to be like? What's the screen going to be like? Is it going to have a touch screen? What's the deal? Um, And then some people were like, it's not going to be anything like people think. Some people were like, that's exactly what it's going to be. We've been watching um, uh, copyright law all over IGN for, like, a year and a half as, like, different copyrights get filed and, and like, they show, like, these little controllers hooking onto the side of a screen and you can detach them and reattach them and people are like, that means that's what Switch is going to be and blah 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 And then it just never came. E3 can't, comes and goes. They said they were going to announce it in one month. Month comes and goes, doesn't get announced. And there was this rumor behind the scenes that, because of, I think because of a Nintendo investors meeting, that NX is coming out in March of t- 2017. And everyone's like, it's coming out in March. They have no time to hype it. When is it going to be announced? When is it going to be announced? Well, Nintendo finally, at I think the end of August, like the very end, when there was a, just before, there was only six months before launch, they drop nothing but a video. And it's this video that en- introduces... The Nintendo Switch. Which sounds to me like an implement that uh, parents beat... <laughs> Be children with. I mean, maybe that's what they're. It's what you take away from your children when you want to punish them. Now that's, that's what they're playing yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. Because switches are probably huge in Japan. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 you know, I thought of that completely myself, and then I saw a guy on Twitter who he said, I, "I'm really." He says, "I'm really excited about Switch, but I'm a little conflicted about the fact that that's what my parents hit me with when I played too many video games." 
So I was like, all right. The big thing I saw is uh, I'm sure you might have seen was the uh, the Nintendo Switch is a dog. That, that yes. Yeah. yeah, the controller when, when you when you when you okay. Well, we have to talk about what it is. Yeah, it is a console portable. Yeah, so it 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 was just what everybody thought it was going to be. It's basically a 720p screen tablet, basically a little tablet. Looks like kind of like an HD8 Kindle touch tablet. Screen not. We don't know yet. Said we yeah. don't know yet, but it's like a little tablet, um, and it's black, very basic tablet looking. However, it has these two controllers that slip on each side of it. And when I say controllers, like think of a miniature Nintendo Entertainment System controller. Two of them flipped. One's flipped one way, one's flipped the other. If you're listening to this, you know what they are. They're Joy Cons. They're these things. They're on each side of it, and you can you can you can put them onto the tablet, grip the tablet from these two little controller things, play your games on the go. Then you can flip. You can set the Switch tablet in its dock, in its dock when you're home, and play your games on your. You screen. take controllers, put them on a separate. Yeah, like a, it's a separate thing called like, like the Joy Wand or something like that. Basically, there are these two little controllers you can slip on and off the, the tablet, and then on and off like a little docking controller. And so basically, you have a system that can go with you when you leave. And so in this commercial, it was a very clever commercial. It just says switch and goes click like the whole time, and it's basically just showing people using it in every way you can use it. So what you can do is you can be playing Breath of the Wild, which is going to be a launch title. For, well, no, they didn't say launch title. It's going to be on Switch. Probably and Wii U, so. and Wii U, and it's probably going to be a launch title. But it is—they show a person at home using this little thing. It looks kind of like a dog. So when you take the two Joy Cons off of the Switch tablet screen when you dock it, and you hook them onto this other thing, you got to find out the name of it. What is the thing that you hook them onto? Oh my God, knows. Well, it keep looks looking. like a puppy dog's head, and so everyone's like, "Look, it's the new Nintendo dog or whatever it is," you know. Um, but. You're you're hooked up. You're hooked up. You're the Joy-Con grip. The Joy-Con grip. Thank you. It makes it look like kind of a dog's head with like two floppy ears hanging down. It's it's cute. Um, so you're playing Dead Breath of the Wild at home. You unhook these two things from the play Playcon grip, and then you or the Joy-Con grip, and then you take these little Joy Cons. You hook them onto the tablet, which itself is the system. Like even when you dock it, like that's the system. And so you pull it out, and then you're taking the whole tablet with you and then playing it. But then it gets even cooler because when you're out, these Joy-Cons can also be, like, when you use them together, they're, like, good controls for a 3D game. But when you use them individually, you can play, like, a, a more simple game two-player. So each person gets one. Like Mario Kart. Right, right. So you can do competitive. Um, and so what they show is there's, like, a, a, a flip kickstand in the back. And so you take the, the, the tablet screen, kick open the kickstand, set it down on a table, and then you can use these little Joy-Cons, and then two people can be playing a competitive game. So like you and me right now, we could be, you know, out at Starbucks, set this bad boy up and play Mario Kart competitively with a screen on the table, and it'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seems really, really cool. There's also the potential to play, like, two-player co-op games. You have a screen, I have a screen, and we're both playing. Um, there's they, they really... They really leaned into the whole competitive gaming thing, where they showed like you know what if everybody had a switch, they were at home practicing their moves. This is pretty unrealistic, but they're at home practicing it's, their it's, moves. It's you know it's the it's the world of a uh, like Yu-Gi-Oh where everyone's life revolves around video games. Right, right. But I mean, it looks it looks fun. Um, for me, I mean, I was going to get it no matter what it was. I don't. The name is growing on me. I, at first, it, it rang a little weird in my ear, um, but. I, I've liked the name. It's, yeah, you did from the beginning. It, 
I don't know. It 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 it's better than they've had since GameCube. Like GameCube was the last one I really liked out the gate, especially because it was a GameCube. Yeah, and then there was the Wii, and everybody hated that name. And now then the it, Wii it got U, so big, which was Wii worse. Is the worst name ever. The Wii, I, I mean, Xbox the Wii U was a confusing bad. name that hurt their basis, which I, you know, for a fact I know it because people didn't them. understand. They sold like seven million copies of that system. People literally did not. I was I worked retail when it was like first coming out and was at holidays, and people were like, "Is this an update? Is it a new?" Si-? They did not know that it was a new system. It was it was it was so bad. It was just a totally botched launch. They know they botched it. Um, it was just it was a mess, and it was like and it was a hybrid. It wasn't really a system. It, it really was hard to know because what do you play it with? No, really, what do you play it with? Mostly Wiimotes. Yeah, you know the same thinking, fucking controllers. If they really wanted to confuse the, the literally the worst thing they could call this would be the Wii DS. <laughs> Because then you could just confuse everybody as to what the fuck kinda, this thing is. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, but in, in a lot of ways, it's kind of what it is. Um, supposedly, so there's no... What they did was they dropped this video, like a mic drop, and they said nothing about it. Now, there was a small segment, uh, actually last week, on Jimmy Fallon, where um, uh, Reggie fils came to the studio and showed off the Switch and let uh, Jimmy play a little Breath of the Wild on it, kill some Bacoblins. With a bomb. Um, <laughs> it sounds very... It like, Reggie was like, all right, now hit that button. Yes, it was just like that. <laughs> it was just like that. It, I mean, not So he, that. He, he wielded Jimmy Fallon like a meat puppet to throw a bomb. Yes. Yes, he did. Very much so. Before that, he did. It was really bad. He was doing... A, before that, like the... So, so the premise was he was going to come on and talk about Super Mario Run, which just got announced for the uh, um, iPhones. And so he, the, the fake out, stuff. right? This was, I mean, of course, Jimmy totally knew because he had to know like how to function this whole thing. But He's like, oh, this, that, is, this is amazing! It's it, totally fascinating. He said that about a thousand times, right? But it was really cool. He's like, I love this stuff. You don't even know. You don't even know. I played them all. Played them all. You don't even know. Um, and so he was just. He goes, "This is called the Joy-Con grip." See, I know about this stuff, guys. I mean, it was really cool. I I, I like Fallon. I think a little more than you, but no, you know, I like Fallon. All okay, right. but I mean, yeah, I, I prefer Seth or Jimmy Kimmel, right? Um, I just love you know how I you you gotta say you gotta admit there is a little bit of a of a similarity between like how crazy excited I get over stuff and like the way he is like and Jimmy Kimmel is he can be you know the, a puppy dog sometimes I with love his enthusiasm, that I love so. that I think I, that's cool no he he's he's a funny guy yeah um so so anyway uh the Mario Run uh, demo. Uh, Reggie fils because you know Nintendo's very controlled with information and controlled with anything. No. Yeah. And really? So, and so, like, Miyamoto was in the audience at one point, and Reggie was like, look, it's Miyamoto, and Miyamoto, of course, does what? Do it. Play, wait, oh, oh, yeah. This, where he waves the his walk. hands in the air, like, hey, I'm Miyamoto, hee-hee, <laughs> a big old smile. I don't know, I just imagine Miyamoto looks like Mickey Mouse. back of the audience with a sniper rifle if Jimmy tries to go off screen. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> he probably was there, like, with some kind of kill switch. Um, but no, uh, so, so he was playing Super Mario Run, and, like, he was like, all right, Jimmy, now, in this next part, I want you to get the star. So hit that, hit that, no, 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 I mean, it was literally that bad. And then he was just like, get it, get it, get it, yeah! And then he got the star, and he's like, I did it, I did it! I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. But at least you got to see the Switch out in the wild. There was all these, like, analysis videos, what does this Switch do, what is that, not Switch, the wrong word, <laughs> little, little, um... Uh, like, on-off button, and what does that button do, and is that Joyce Joy-Con release button, like, anybody gives a shit, but, like, really deep analysis. My, but the point is, we're starved for info. We don't really know much, except they showed us... in three months. Right. They showed us what we can, what it can do. We don't know any games that are going to be on it, for sure. Sonic, I think they said it's going to be on NX, but that's all we heard. Um, 
I mean, we know that yeah, we Breath of the Wild's coming There have been a out. couple, I think, that were announced, but... But not knows? really, and not to any level. Now, another thing that's a big conjecture about the Switch is that the Pokemon Sun and Moon, um, which we will be talking about later, is there's going to be a third version called Stars, which kind of sounds perfect. And it would be a, you know, a, a ti- either a launch title or soon there, or, or maybe their, their November title for the Switch. And, and the idea being that if you really look at the, the it running on the new 3ds, it kind of chugs in places. The 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 texture the uh the, like the textures and the and the objects in it. I mean, they don't look super high res or anything, but like they could be up res real easily. These are just people talking. It's conge- yeah. I, I'm like. Nah. And then they were also saying another thing is that the way that the menus are designed, they're designed in such a way that you could easily like do a one screen implementation. I'm just talking. This is people talking about like design wise, how that would be easier than in previous generations where there was a lot more navigating and pushing and and like 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 the amount that you can do at the bottom screen isn't as much as it used to be. They were saying whatever. I that's my big concern with the switch is that we're going to get a whole bunch more force. Well, no, no, no. Well, it's two things. One is I don't think that's going to happen to Pokemon, or at least they've moved away from that like strict revamp version model and i don't know looking at the assets maybe it could be up res i don't know that's whatever that just sounds like conjecture who knows yeah, yeah my bigger worry is it seems like they're moving to a one console future and console wise that's great because sure but it it i like portable games and when you make a system that is both it, it struggles on I, that's always been the case right games that have ported from one to the other it's like you play type 0 HD on the one and it feels like a portable game or right. you get experiences that don't work in the short bursts of portable and maybe yes this is a system that can do both so you can have both and just play it in the preferred format but I, I don't know I like the 3DS it's such a viable awesome system and I would hate to see it get phased out it is but it's so incredibly outdated and I'll tell you the way that it's outdated and it really was it comes home to me when I look at Pokemon Sun and Moon on the three, new 3DS XL and on the um, 2DS. 2DS. And that is the resolution. When you blow up that screen, it looks terrible. Like, I just see the jaggies, and they're so blatant. The resolution is just... And it's only... It wouldn't be as big a deal if I didn't have an iPhone and if I didn't have a 1080p TV and I didn't constantly see incredibly sharp icons. It's the icons and the text... And the car- I just don't want to see Jaggies anymore. I'm spoiled. And and the D- and the and, and on my 2DS I barely see them because the screen was originally designed to be that big. But when you start to go bigger, the 3DS just doesn't, in my opinion, it just doesn't look good enough. I I, I like my new 3DS XL. I do enjoy its bigger screen because it's nice sometimes. But I find myself over and overhead gravitating to the smaller screen because it looks higher res there. And I just feel like. That screen is basically the same as it's been since eight years ago. They didn't; it's not been really upgraded at all, resolution-wise. Um, so they really need to do something. But what you're saying, I mean, let, let's say, let's even go with my argument here. Even still, are they going to have like a new 3DS or whatever the evolution? No, I mean, is? not if you're going to. You can't have two portables. It's what they tried to like. You know, the the, the Nintendo DS is going to be the third pillar alongside the GameCube and the Game Boy Advance, and we all know how quickly the Game Boy Advance got got. Right. Um, and I don't know that I, I it's inevitable, right? If they have a system that is both, you don't need you don't need one that's only portable. Um, or maybe that they move those portable experiences to iPhones and Androids. Maybe that's what they're they're messing with when they have stuff like Pokemon Go or Mario Run. But there's going to be an Animal Crossing. There's going to be a um, what do you call it? Um, 
Awakening, um, Fates, Conquest. Oh, oh, Fire, oh, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. There's going to be yeah. a Fire Emblem game on iOS. I don't know. I, I just... Uh, you know what? Maybe the Switch is awesome, and if they keep it at a good price point, it'll be okay to switch over. I just... I I I love that system, and you know I I'm love sure, it too. I don't I don't want to necessarily be one of those PSP people that is, is still champion. Well, I I'm gonna always champion. I don't want to say that. People who love the PSP love the PSP. The PSP but. sold. I was listening to the stats. It sold like seventy million. It sold twenty million more than the PS4 has so far sold. It was ridiculously popular, largely because of uh, Monster Hunter. In yeah, Japan. and you know, uh, but you know, I, I guess it's just resistance to change but uh, yeah maybe pokemon on the switch will be cool it's just yeah i'm my biggest worry of it is it is hard to make an experience that works perfectly on both a tv home setup and on the go that's going to be a trick i think who knows how many developers developers stumble over interestingly though pokemon might be that one game that can do that well like if you think about like I sit at home, no spoiler uh, uh, spoiled. I mean we're, we played a lot of Sun and Moon. We're gonna be talking about it, and I spent a lot of time at home playing Sun and Moon, like a lot. And even when I have Final Fantasy fifteen ready to rock, like it is compelling enough to play at home. And, and I guess and if you swap it in and out, I mean let's do I, this. yeah. But it's it's the sort of game I can't imagine myself playing on the TV. Like I would just be like pop even when I'm home. I don't. It's yeah. Yeah. Pokemon is such a game that is... Portal games are also built to be easily distracted away from, and I watch a lot of TV while I'm playing Pokemon. Right. Uh, that's why I like the Wii about the Wii U, though, was the gamepad, so I don't know where I'm at with this thing. We well, need to you, know more! You want one. I, I mean, I do. You, you want one. I mean, it's it's going to be, for you who doesn't have a Wii U anymore, it's going to be where you're going to play Breath of the Wild. you got to play Breath of the Wild. That's not optional, the yeah. way that game looks. Are you serious? If I, I will see how much the thing costs and where I'm at in March. But do you see Breath of the Wild? Like, are you not incredibly <laughs> with my psyched eyes. about that thing? Really? An open world Zelda that looks that immersive and huge and beautiful that you can go do all this different stuff and it's going to have all the towns. I'm playing a classic Japanese video game that has gone hard open world right now and we'll, you know, let's, we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. All right. I think, I think you're, I think you're going to be blown away. No, I'm sure I will. It's Zelda. I've heard great things. It looks fantastic. But yeah, it's just, I don't know yet. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Plus one game to... It's, we got to see the launch lineup. We got to see what it's getting. I, I can't know. buy a system for one game. I mean, I, we we did for we we bought the 3ds's for no games. <laughs> let's, was, let's not forget that was that was a future buy. Yeah, <laughs> I had the money at the time. I know that's a big part of it. Plus <sighs> that 3D screen, it was so like I, I just still couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was really going to get a system that let me watch 3D glasses. I was 3D. It's, I couldn't believe it. No, I never turned that shit. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> I, I wish, like my 2DS better than my 3DS at this point. I wish we had video of the two, because we, we, we knew each other. I wish we had video of us just being like, whoa! I know. Because <laughs> we, we were so that. pumped. I remember I was at school, and I ran into you at school. We were the technician, and you were there, and you had your copy of Samurai Warrior. Yeah, that was the shit. And I had my copy of Steel Diver. We were rolling. And we were comparing notes, and we were hardcore about that shit. We loved our 3DSs. I mean, I mean, day one purchases, I was in the Ambassadors Club until I got rid of that original 3DS, and then Nintendo has a terrible online thing where you don't have any kind of consistency, so now I'm not an ambassador anymore, you know? It's one of those few, uh, one of those few systems I've actually upgraded mid-generation for. Yeah. Although, that was for a game that I still haven't played, because there's one ex- well, I think there might be some three, some eShop exclusive, but there's one retail exclusive for the, uh, for and the then, old and new then 3DS. And then to try to validate it, somehow they were like, 
Super Nintendo games in the Virtual Console can only play on the new Super... I mean, why is that? It's a, it's a 16-bit system. I love anyway. that there's one retail box where new 3 is, like, on the top strip of it. Uh, anyway, it's it's crazy. Anyway, we, 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 we need should, more info. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's it's, the it's bottom gonna, line. It's going to be really interesting to see what comes out. I'm going to buy the shit out of it no matter what because I'm fascinated by... First of all, I just love Nintendo stuff. I just think it's fun. Uh, you know, you had your experience running through the Wii U library last year or earlier this year. Um, I'm now doing that, and I've been having a blast. I mean, it's just it's really fun to do. The problem is, it's always been slow, and that's the big story about the 3D about the uh, the Switch is Nintendo as a company isn't big enough or isn't designed or whatever to be able to do to to keep a steady stream of console and portable games coming. They yeah. just can't. So the idea with Switch is consolidate that effort, and then they'll have enough games to play. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that's true? I don't know. It, I mean, I mean, I, I just, I, it, it's, it, we're speculating a lot. It's hard to yeah, say until we, we see know. more. And, and what we, what we've heard is January, uh, there'll be more. So I mean, there would have to be. <laughs> well, yeah, they, yeah, they can't push it much further because then you're asking people to would like. Is GameStop taking pre-orders? I don't think so. Like, I don't think so. There's no price. Yeah, it's like it's three months away. I know. That well, they said. Not in their defense, because I'm not defending them, because it's indefensible. But they said they're worried about copycats. In three months. Okay. No, it's like more than six months, they think. If they had showed those Joy-Cons, for example, more than six months out, they thought that every mobile designer would still... No, that's it. fine. I'm just saying, now, yeah, the curtain's yeah. up. What's what's waiting backstage? Let's see some that's stuff. A really, is it at touchscreen or not? People I, have already stolen the touchscreen. I mean, it's it's weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That already exists. All right, moving on. Um, this is sort of a, a an interesting thing that I want to talk about a little bit. Where the fuck did Resident Evil Seven come from, and how is it coming out in January? <laughs> well, it's been in development for a while. Yes, and but... the demos have been coming out. It's like the Xbox One kind of got them all the the final version, but this is the third version of one that's been coming out on PlayStation for a while. However, even that demo isn't really the game. No, yeah, they've said this is not uh, anything that ha- you you're, you play as a different character in the main game. And... and that demo is the only thing we still have, and the game comes out in January. So, like, here's my experience about this. I, I love Resident Evil. You guys know. I even gave six my game of the year, oh. and that's, like, the most closet call of all closet calls. That's hardcore. It's almost as bad if I, as if I had given it to, like, Umbrella... What is it? <laughs> Operation Raccoon City? Or, well, yeah, or Umbrella... Uh, Umbrella Forces or something. Umbrella Chronicles. Umbrella, Umbrella Core. Well, that was oh Umbrella, Umbrella Core. The, the yeah. Oh yeah, Umbrella Chronicles was pretty sweet. I liked those light gun rail shooters. They were fun. That was a fun episode because that's also what I gave Resident Evil Six worst of the year. Yeah. Ahead of Project Raccoon City. Right, right, right. Although I, part of that was disappointment factor. To be fair, um, but anyway, Seven is coming out. I couldn't be more pumped about it. But it's very different. And oh, it's yeah, it's not at all like. Really? Even even if no, you're going to say... No, but it is, though. That's the thing. The real game is. Because I was listening... I'll, I'll get to that. Go ahead. Tell me about the demo experience. Well, well based first, on... Because I haven't played the demo. Tell so me I about the demo. the demo. And honestly, I'd love to see you play it, but I don't know if we'll have time for okay. that after this. But the, the... the I'm trying to think what it is. So it's obviously not action. Or, or at least... How long it is, is it? pulling away from action in general. It, the, the demo? Yeah. Uh, In the final is about form. maybe... 
20 minutes at most. Oh, oh, dude, I gotta play it. We got. Uh, you usually, I mean, there are three endings to get, so you, it's probably about an hour, hour and a half worth of content. Well, maybe not an hour and a half. That's stretching, but an hour's worth of content probably if you get every single ending. So oh, about, and there so is about like twice the, as long as Metal Gear Ground Zeroes. <laughs> there's also a really obtuse puzzle, sort of like the the phone calls in PT that people had to, you know, uh-huh. fucking like spreadsheet out to right, figure out there's right. one with a with a dummy hand that you have to and you solve murders around the house but it's all cool. it's really it sounds cool uh but anyway demo is you wake up in this house um and your goal is to escape and uh i don't want to spoil too much of it which is weird to say but well, yeah but uh basically the mechanics it gives away is it is a much more restrained uh, experience of there are going to be weapons in the game they talk about that you find a few in this demo um but you're you seem much weaker it definitely seems like a situation where the enemies are built to take the damage a little more it doesn't seem like shattered memories level of you ain't even fighting to begin with yeah but it, it, it's even more silent hill 3 silent hill 2 and that's really the vibe i got silent hillish like far far leaning survival horror Yes, it's returning. Not so much action game. And more so, it doesn't even feel like Resident Evil 1, 2, or 3, which were still pretty action-packed. I mean, it was the awkward tank controls, and they were more survival horror-focused, but this is obviously for the modern era. But it does some cool things. There are some references to past games. Uh, my favorite thing about it is that you, if you've played the original Resident Evils, uh, you know, when you open a door, it used to do that, like, it would cut to that cutscene of the door and the door opening. Yeah. And, You'd be in the next room. In this, it kind of recreates that because anytime you open the door, you like your character gets up on the door and like slowly pushes it out. So you like get the camera gets all claustrophobic cool. on the opening. It's really a cool way to do it. Um, there's a big it's it's a large focus on amp- atmosphere actually being scary, uh, horror based, um, and some cool mechanics of um, the one thing I always you find a videotape in it. Uh, in the trailer that you th- put into the VHS, and then you like watch this found footage basically of someone else who was in the house, and you take control of the cameraman in that video, and you know like are following around some other people, and it seems like that's going to be a fairly recurring thing in the game. Maybe who knows? I mean, it's hard to tell because this is a very short teaser, um, but it's really interesting. So just from that teaser uh, and what it lets you see and. The suggestion that, mm, I mean, it's a demo, so it's way easier to set up things being different depending on the order of you do stuff than, like, in a full game, but maybe there'll be some alternates. Right. Who knows? So, what I, what I, what I, my best point of reference, this is the reason I'm so surprised and blown away by this, I knew that demo came out, but my understanding was that it was, like, an E3 demo, and it was, like, a, a, a flavor demo, rather than a gameplay demo. Not, like, really what you're doing in the game, but more, and they even said as much. This is like to give you a taste of what we're our new vibe we're going for, rather than this is the game. And so, um, go ahead. Well, it's worth noting that so basically there's three endings, right? Um, the very very first version of it doesn't even have any form of combat, so it probably is that flavor E3 feel. Okay. But like once you go towards the other endings, there's a bit more stuff that happens that kind of leans that way. Okay, a little more. Okay, cool. Well, that's 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 interesting to note. Uh, I listened to Game Informers, and the Game Informer... So here's a really cool thing about Game Informer has lots of great personalities. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, the old one-up podcasts of yore that were so great. But Game Informer's show, and it's not that old. They haven't had uh, maybe a year or two. But what they do really well is... See, Game Informer, if you guys don't know, is affiliated with GameStop 
and it is like in cahoots, so to say, with all the developers. They put out a magazine that literally Game Informer magazine now the only it's like the only magazine that still exists in America that for video You've games. Got to go to Barnes and Noble for them. Twelve dollar magazines. Right. And the, the UK. reason it still exists is because they worked out this deal. So it's survival here, fellas. You know, but. There's a print issue of there's a print edition of the magazine comes to my house every month. Can also get digital now. Most people do, but you can get a print. I one. get that print. I get that print. Yo, what's up, dog? <laughs> I'm that '90s kid. I want. I game. love it. I want gamer. I want Nintendo Power. I was rocking I Game Pro. I was rocking EGM way back. So Just tips and tricks. Fuck yes, dude. Fuck <laughs> we need yes. that retro episode on magazines. We re- we will do it. We will definitely do it. Anyway, um, so yeah, so. Game Informer to survive, they made a deal with GameStop that they're gonna come. There's some free. The subscription comes with every gamer member that if you, you join the Gamers Unlock Club, you get a copy of the magazine, and the magazines in all the stores. So basically, anybody that buys games regularly at GameStop is a member of that club because you save money after buying like a game and a half. So you're gonna be a member of Gamers Club Unlocked. So all the people that shop at GameStop are getting that magazine. Therefore, all developers want to have a, when their big game is coming out, they want to have a front page story. Ergo, this is a long way to say that they have the best, by far, access of any podcast and any magazine. By far. They see shit first, and they get the exclusive on every game. So they were the first people that I ever heard any of this from. And the game's coming out in January. But I listened to a podcast like about three weeks ago, and they have they played like the whole game. And they um, they have a cover story on it. And basically they said that once you start playing the game, it's different but all the familiar things you know about Resident Evil are very much there. There are keys you pick up, little puzzle pedestals that you put the keys into, places in the... It's, it's all one mansion in the outlying grounds, the game. There's, like, pedestals you put keys into that open up new areas of the mansion, then you go into those areas. And then it's also gonna, it also plays heavily on... There's this family. I forget the name of the family, the Meyer family or something like that. <laughs> Maybe you know. I don't remember it. I wouldn't think the that's Michael Myers is the only yeah, thing. Yeah, no. look it up for me. If yeah, I'll look that up. You keep talking. Um, but there's there's a family that's chasing you throughout the house, and they're all crazy. There's a mom, there's a dad, there's like a brother and a, and a sister and a grandparent, I think, or something like that. But they chase you throughout the house, and you can't permanently kill them. So they're kind of like a family of... Baker family? The, yes, they're the Baker family. They're kind of like a family of nemesises. They can't be killed, at least early on. And then there's all these, like, monsters that, that are all around. And those are basically your gunfodder monsters that you can kill. So it's very much like Resident Evil 6 and 5 and 4 in that you're running around, you're shooting monsters, you're solving puzzles, and you're, you're running away from, you know, things you can't kill. Um, they said it really feels a lot like Resident Evil when you play it. Now, I've not seen any footage or screenshots or coverage of that game. So I don't really believe... I, I, I do believe it, because it's them. But it was like, when I was hearing about this, I was hearing about a game I've never seen. And it was so weird. And they say it's super fun. The big difference, obviously, is it's first person instead of third. Um, and so that's a huge difference. But fundamentally, it doesn't change that much when you're playing, except it makes it a lot more personal experience. And really, the reason they made the decision was because it's VR. It's like the first full game that's supported with PlayStation VR... Um, but even they were saying they played in VR for about 30 minutes and it's a cool experience. Then they take off the VR helmet and start playing it on their TV because they don't want to play. I mean, you don't want to be immersed like that for that long. It's just it's not conducive to a 12 or 15 hour experience, which is interesting. It'll be interesting if VR does evolve to that point. 
Um, but but anyway, so it's a totally different game than I think you've experienced. I don't know. I'm gonna play the demo. Uh, and it we'll probably see. is. I mean, again, it, it seems like an atmospheric teaser. Again, it's too short to get. Yeah. This is what the whole game is going to be out of it. But I was just, like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my, holy shit. Like, when I saw it at E3, I was like, holy shit, this is not, this is a totally different game now. And, and and it looks like it's not as different as we thought. And it's coming out January 24th, which, by the way, is my birthday. Um, so, anyway, I'm really excited for it. It looks really awesome. It should be a fun one, hopefully. It, it, it definitely should. And a terrifying one. I know, I know. I would love to play it in VR for a little while. I know? would, too. That was my, like, it feels it. It feels like it'd be really intense, but who knows? And that's the thing. Like, they were like, there are moments about the game that are like crafted for VR, like like what you said, putting your hand on the door and that kind of stuff, and creeping through. Like, imagine that in VR when you're totally surrounded in dark. You know? Yeah, it'd be really cool. All right, well, that's a good segue because you played that demo. Yeah, so into what we've been playing and what we've been playing. Uh, so <clears throat> we decided we were going to start uh, with. Uh, I'm going to let you do the intro to why we started. We're starting with this. Starting with the big, big ones, right? Double. G- <laughs> You've forgotten. It's okay. We, we're on the we're on the tangential cast. So how about this? Um, this is a game. I'm just kidding. Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. Um, this game has been in development for ten years. Can we just like chew on that statement for a second? Is that that impressive in a year when there's like three games that took fucking forever to come out? I mean, because Last Guardian took about ten I years know, too. I know. I know. Um, I mean, and Doom was in development for like six or seven. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, I think this game was versus thirteen. Um, it still takes place in Niflgard or Niflheim, you know, uh, which is like I think what those I don't know what those games. It's a got, different world. Those games it's... got so crazy. They got so batshit crazy. I can't even believe you played thirteen two and Lightning Returns. I can't even believe it. 13. You didn't finish either one, did no, you? No, I did finish 13-2. Okay. I loved that one. That was my yeah. favorite in the trilogy. I can't believe that, but go ahead. The Final Fantasy thirteen trilogy. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I mean... And Lightning Returns has an audience, too. I have a lot of people I follow. Does it really? think it's, like, a fantastic system, so... System or game? Game and, like, game. How, how could you possibly... Do you remember... I remember when I was over here watching you play it. And there was snow, and he was at some party, and it was full of, like, ghosts and real people, and there was no logic. It made no sense. That game was not great. Not, no. I didn't think. That game makes no sense. Two, like, half made sense. Three made no sense. I like the first one. I think the first one is, like, a great Final Fantasy game, and I know a lot of people don't agree. I love that game, and I played a lot of it. But I'm just ready for some Final Fantasy fifteen. I'm just pretty early in it right now. I am um, too. But the reviews, man, are really good. Uh, Final Fifteen. Yeah, they're they're good, but no, they no. There's here, a lot of that. Here's the kind of good they are. This game is a beautiful mess. Eight point five. This game teaches you the brotherhood of 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 you know guys on the road, and it does something that no game's ever done before. It tries new things. It's a it's a Japanese developer making, uh, you know, their version of a Western game and evolving the formula to the modern day, uh, 9.0. Uh, here's another person that'll be like, it's kind of uh, all over the place. It feels like three games plugged together, 7.5. You know, like those are the I've reviews. Seen, I've seen the biggest turn against where apparently it's kind of an inverse Final Fantasy thirteen yep, yep. apparently, where it's big and open at the beginning, and then around two-thirds of the way in it, it plot railroad to the end. I've heard half, yeah. 
Um, and I've seen way. a lot of people say that it takes a huge tonal shift. It's weird. I don't know. I'm not there yet. Yeah. No, I mean, my understanding is that it is, yeah, like you said, two, basically two games. And it really was going to be like three games because they just cut off the whole beginning and made Kingslave. Ugh. So, so I like Kingslave. Here, here. So let's tell well, people let, what let me, it is. Before we get to Kingslave. My here was my one biggest takeaway because I, as you know I wasn't that excited and it was still two weeks before I bought it right uh, for me going in I was like the reviews need to be stellar okay um, and narratively my one of my big things going in is it's like why is this a party of four dudes and, you know a lot of times when you see these things that are arguably problematic you'll get defenses where it's like no no. Once you play it, or we had a very specific vision. It's like when you hear Hideo Kojima talk about, no, when when you see why Quiet is dressed like that, you'll feel shame for, for thinking I was being a, a perv. And then you find out why Quiet was, you know, dressed in a bikini top and, and, and you know, thong, and it's like, oh, no, Kojima, there's no, no. It's like you're just BSing. Like us. you have a reason, but it's bullshit. Yeah, you could have done any other, any other. I mean, it's it's a it's a fake fiction reason to put her in a bikini. right. Like here are three other better options that you didn't choose. Yeah. So you know you you get that excuse a lot, and then you're like, well, how's it going to play out? And from what I've seen in the reviews, this is actually a very good look at male friendship when it's just guys hanging out and exploring what it's really like. And you know. That isn't something that gets shown in fiction a lot, so I'm excited about the prospect of seeing that get actually developed. Because yeah. usually guys in fiction are only allowed to act certain ways around each other. Yeah, and it seems it's like true. this will be a lot more emotional and connective and how actual people are. Yeah. So I'm interested to see that. Um, and those things, those were the positives that made me go, all right. You know, and I... I I like Final Fantasy. I've yeah. played them all along the way, minus the MMOs. They're also a great game to like sink your teeth into in the winter. That you want to buy one game and like have a lot of fun with it. I mean, I bought the strategy guide. Just get really deep in the system. That was another thing. I knew I was going to be a little more time-free during the holiday here now that uh, Christmas is almost upon us and I'll have a few weeks. So it's like, sure, let's give it a try. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, I just want to say... So when we look at the whole game... as Now, I was a day-one purchaser. Like Ever since this game was coming out, I've been like... Really, really excited for it. Um, I I don't know what to make of it. I've never known what to make of it, but it's the new Final Fantasy game. And, like, 10 and 12 are two of my favorite Final Fantasies of all time. I love those games. 13 I loved. So this is the next game, really. I mean, just for people that don't know, 11 and 14, 14 are MMOs, and they don't count in my world because I don't Although play MMOs. Although 14, or A Realm Reborn is apparently fantastic uh, for anyone who plays uh, yeah, it. But... Jason Schreier at, at, at all. Um, love to say how great 14 is. Um, but that but, said, I don't play MMOs, and the reason I don't play MMOs is because of what happened to me when I played Destiny. And that was those three months where you didn't hear our podcast. That's not why. I was in California at the time. But that was that period, you know? I mean, that was all I, when I played Destiny, that's all I played. And that is just what I always knew would happen if I ever played WoW. Rich went to find that moon wizard. If I, right, 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 exactly. Uh, that wizard came from the moon. Thanks, I feel bad for Dinklage. Dinklebach got erased. And now people miss him. I know. He was better. He was better. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's... Yeah, Those were bad lines. They were bad lines. It has nothing to do with Dinklebot. It had to do with the writing. But, anyway, but... Yeah. Okay. Arguably, though... I, mean, well, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to finish my preface. So I'm really excited. I was really excited for this game. One thing you have to say about this game, when you look at it as a whole, is this game had a 10-year, very troubled release cycle. Um, and it has been cut and diced and re-put back together 
Uh, it was a PS3 game. It, that whole game had to be scrapped at some point. I mean, so, obviously, the assets were just up to some extent. But, I mean, the whole game had to be brought from PS3 to PS4. It switched Early-ass PS3, too. 2006 right. is when we were first seeing footage for this thing. So it had to, like, evolve up to the PS4. I mean, it's a, that's a huge difference. Um, I mean, it went through the, wor- the most insane growing pains you could imagine for a game. Um, so the fact that it's getting 8.5s at all is, is amazing to me. But... Looking at it as a whole, when they were finalizing the game a year or so ago, two years ago, they're putting out all these demos. And by the way, even the, the combat demos that came out like a month before the game shipped is drastically different combat. I wouldn't say drastic. I've heard it's drastic. I've know. heard that. I've heard that they didn't have. Oh, oh, I'll give you one to talk drastic. The stamina bar when you're in combat, when you would run out and hit stasis, you could barely move, yeah. and you couldn't warp strike to a safe point. They changed that in the last month. That's fundamental. I mean, you're right. It's still similar, but yeah, it's like I'm thinking because I didn't even play the the whatever the mid platinum tr- yeah. demo or whatever. I played the one that came with Type Zero, and I didn't I like playing it now. Now again, I don't remember the fine details. of was yeah. a year and a half. No, ago, no, yeah, you're right. But it, the, it, it the broad similar. strokes are very much no. The same. It felt similar. No, you're definitely right. And I enjoyed uh, Episode Dust Sky a lot. I know you didn't love it. Uh, in fact, you didn't even want to play it. Um, but, nope. but uh, yeah, right. When it's just combat note with none of the trappings and none of the story, I don't know if I would either, honestly. I was just excited to try it because you had it, and why not? Um, and I didn't want to buy Type Zero. That was for fucking sure. I wish uh, you wanted that game so long. You wanted it to be good. But it was so not. We heard so much good it stuff. Just, it wasn't made for a console. It, it certainly wasn't. But, but anyway, I just wanted to say that this game is a lot of, a lot of different ideas and stuff pushed together. And one of the, the, those facets is that, and, and so what that what we ended up getting on launch day was this, and, and uh, actually a month before launch day, we got it's very complex. I gotta get get we a, got a, a Kingsley two hour homework assignment, a, a two hour movie called Kingsley two it's hour cutscene, it's a full CG cutscene, cutscene starring Aaron Paul, but and and and, and Lena Headley Hetty and uh, oh man, some guy who dies, Sean Bean. Right, right, Sean Bean, who dies. Yeah. Um, which is crazy that they made him the... Anyway, um, but but Kingsglaive all I was is like seeing, the intro to it. All I was seeing was you, if you want to have a better idea of what's going on as you start moving through the beginning parts of the game, you really want to watch Kingsglaive, and Kingsglaive is basically the history... or, or it, it sets up a lot, because Very the main important. game does not... It sets up that these four dudes are going on this road trip that his dad went on that was apparently during a war, but for the most part, they're just kind of broing it out at the very, very beginning. That's literally it. And you just start riding, and you know you're going to your, quote, wedding. But you don't understand any of the stuff that you, you get you get from... Anyway, Kingsglaive comes first. It's a two-hour movie. Then comes the game. They wanted to make Kingsglaive the beginning of the game, but they didn't have the, the development resources, I guess. What is it, like a, a prologue where you play as Nyx, I guess? Well, it was when you... you when, no, it was some, or, some... It was escaping the... I think they had it made differently. Okay. I think you had to escape the city. Well, Nyx strikes as me as very similar. They have the same name, almost. Yeah. And, you know, he has... The same warping sword, so I could have seen. You know, you it was seen it either. It way. was just going to be, yeah. Wow, I wonder if it really is that. Wow, I can't believe you just said that. I wonder if you're really right. And it was Noctis, and now it's Nyx. That would be, and they just changed there's the al- dub. There's also a character whose middle name is Nox, so they're really stretching on those names. So that's that's really true. So so anyway, Kingsley comes light first, and, and then there's other supplemental material to the game too. There's Brotherhood. A, there's Final a Fantasy five team. episode anime called Brotherhood, and there's another intro, which is an audiobook in Japan. 
It's called like Farewells or something. It's an audio book, an audio drama in Japan, but here you can just read the text of it because they don't have it translated. And so that's all like the homework surrounding this game. But anyway, then the game starts, and now go for it. Well, I was going to say, because um, we both watched King's Glaive say, first. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we did. What did you think of King's Glaive? I mean, it's... I know you didn't like it. Well, uh, I don't want to say that. Okay, but, let me but, say what I thought of it. Um, I had incredibly low expectations. That's fair. Floor expectations. Like, anything I've ever seen Final Fantasy do that was not in a game was terrible. I didn't like Advent Children. Maybe I'd like it better now, but as a young man, I did not like it at all. Final Fantasy The Spirits Within was complete trash when I saw it. It was like a $500 million piece of ass. And this was not going to be any different. However, I did watch like the first 10 minutes were free online at one point back in the day. I watched those. I kind of liked them. And then I found out that literally like a couple days after Final Fantasy XV came out, they spliced in a couple scenes from Kingsglaive into the actual game. And when I heard that, I was like, fuck, I gotta watch that movie. It's yeah, obvious it's, I gotta watch that movie. So I went It's back a quick hits it. version. I don't know. If, have you finished chapter one of that? No. Yeah. Okay, no. yeah, it's a very much like, here's what happened to that movie! Yeah, no, that, well, that's cool. But no, for me, all, I, all I've done is I've just been exploring around and, and doing monster hunts and, and stuff like that. But, but I... I I watched King's Live and I enjoyed it. I, I was expecting nothing, and from that, I was really impressed. But, well, I don't want to... I, I was expecting nothing, too. Let's but be you real. still hated it. I didn't hate it. Okay. I... Well, in the car, I found you were like, it to be... Ooh. <laughs> that was your response. I wish it wasn't a necessity to explain a lot of this backstory very much. Because... I, and the, the first 20 to 30 minutes of it are, are fairly info-dumpy. And then the, it's it's overly long. I mean, we can at least okay. agree to that, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. the last forty five minutes are this like escape from the city and these this repe- repeating battle with um this dude in, in like who's the captain? The armor? Who are you? Who are yeah. you? It's like a big twist or reveal that like the good guy turned bad to save his skin or whatever. And there's uh, it's I mean but, very but there, sad. There are some cool fights. Yeah, it goes way over the top. I had a May when they it's like Nix is fighting the bad guy, and then there's two giant monsters also fighting at the same time. Oh, I remember that. I got confused. I did. <laughs> I really got confused at certain parts. Um, I didn't know what car was which. I was like, is that the Regalia? No, that's an Audi. <laughs> you know, because there's um, like Audi product placement in it. Yeah, it it it. it I liked Nix all right. It was um, good. Thank God for voice. Was a li- like he is a good voice actor. Yeah. He does BoJack Horseman yeah. and all. Well, he does a character on BoJack Horseman. But it was weird because he, he wasn't really doing a voice, so everyone else was talking like kind of Britishy sort of yeah, prim and proper. And then him. it was Aaron Paul. Yeah, it was like his Need for Speed script was like <laughs> cut and repasted, you know. Um, and then I didn't mind. I no, I didn't him. mind it I entirely. I was, it was cool seeing Ultros on the the ship as like the weird octopus monster that he had to fight i wish nice i wish egg. i hadn't known that lena hetty lena hetty is the game of thrones girl right it plays like that 50 year old woman right she yeah she is um cersei so not that, cersei yeah, yeah cersei. so that was just weird to me like she's a 50 year old person is she not her 40 at least what's she doing playing 40s. this little princess like, I mean, that was a little weird by people that. do young yeah voices. i know they do and, and she actually did a great job i wish i didn't know it was her well she, it's not her in the game they really yeah. wanted that but it didn't end up working out where they could do that um nick's you know, uh, might appear in the game later. It's hard to say because, again, all these events happen in the city. You're outside the city and then you're, like, locked out of the city for most of the game. Right. So who knows where that's going to go. Um, 
Uh, so anyway, you watched it. Did you? So what you were telling me what you enjoyed? You enjoyed like the. the I enjoyed Easter the egg. fights. Yeah. I actually like the characters weren't terrible. It was very it was very basic, but with all of the like history on top of it that you had to understand. I like the weird like um what was he the uh not courtier but but you know the 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 spokesman for the other kingdom. Like oh he's gonna be in this game I think a oh lot. yeah he is he, yeah, he's, he's like a villain up. yeah yeah he seems like one of the major villains he seems he's, he's a real cool character cool. he's super cool you just knew he was gonna be cool as soon as you saw his character design you were like they're gonna give this guy some juice because they always do with characters like that you know Final Fantasy games give that guy mad good lines they it's, just do it had actually I, I found like the the barbs between the kings yeah. when they were uh, yes. about to sign oh as the... oh yeah 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 it was very Game of Thrones yeah it was very like they're talking about something that they both know they're talking about but they're speaking in code it was really cool I but, liked it you know overall it's just you know you wouldn't watch this alone you wouldn't be like I'm gonna watch it's like two years from now I'm gonna be like watch Kingsglaive tonight and, and only then... only because it would remind me of the game that I'm hopefully going to enjoy a lot true but, 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 it, but it, it doesn't own, have an no. ending I mean it has a very dour no, ending yeah. and it introduces what's very clearly going to be a major concept with this ring that uh, and these like god figures that appear or, or old kings that appear that's cool too um, I thought that was cool too that, that was a cool concept so that it's they just... imbue you with the power but they're kind of like old and craggly and, and they'll even, screw you right and even kings are, like, low on the totem pole in that world. Like, because uh, the king, after passing, was there. But he's, like, low man, and they're like, all right, you say this guy's okay, we'll give we'll you give the... him the power, but we'll kill him afterwards. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, no, but it, it has fun battle scenes. Um, it, it's, it's Now you're thinking about it, it's pretty entertaining, isn't it? It's... I wish it wasn't... Why does that bother you, fundamentally, the required reading aspect? Because it, the game should be able to stand on its own. It'd be like, you know, what's better, right? If there was a, you know, Kingsglaive Final Fantasy thirteen or Lassie Final Fantasy thirteen that explained all of that shit, would that be better or worse? I mean, I mean the that, game should be able to better stand on its it own. It absolutely should. So, so by that nature, I guess I already know the right answer to this question, so it's almost not worth posing, but I was going to say, do you never like extended universe stuff? When I don't mean like Star Wars extended universe, because that's like different and expanded and all that, but I mean like when they come out with something like the, I think they called it the Final Fantasy VII Project, when they had like, uh, you know, the, the project... When of, it's not, when the main product can fully stand on its own yeah. and it isn't seeing, if the main product doesn't have weaknesses when you lack that other stuff, then I don't mind it because it's fun additions. And I mean, granted, I didn't, I didn't really play any of the Final Fantasy VII stuff. But, like, you know, when there's apparently a really good Quantum Break novel that explores sides of it that the, the main game doesn't get to, um, I don't mind that because the game works well enough on its own. Yeah. Um, so, no, I mean, that was what I was going to say is the right answer. The right answer is when those expanded materials expand rather than giving you essential core yeah. material. Right? But we saw the movie. We're all prepped. Final Fantasy fifteen. What are your thoughts so far? So I'm about four four hours in. I'm having a great time. I absolutely love it. Um, it's a game that my, again my expectations are nicely tempered because I've been told to enjoy the Brotherhood journey of it, and because like I'm not trying to expect an amazing story. Although I hear there are a lot of great twists and turns and excitement and intrigue and cool stuff later in the game. But my understanding is that it's a very uneven experience. Like, there's a stealth section I always hear people talking about that's supposedly complete trash. And they're going to be, like, patching it later, but right now it just plays like garbage for two hours. I think it's chapter 13, people say. At least it's a ways off. We Right. Maybe it'll be patched by the time. Right. We get it. I, it might. 
Um, but I know it's going to be an uneven experience. I also know that, like, and I had to know this. This isn't spoiler country. It, you have to know this because otherwise you wouldn't be able to play the game properly. So the way the game is set up, like you said, is it's a reverse Final Fantasy thirteen. The open world part is right at the beginning when you're thrown basically a million and one options, and then at the end it's like a funnel, and it funnels you down to one path towards the end game. So what they wanted to do was have their cake of open world and eat it too with their linear path, and it's kind of like two games in one. And that's why a lot of people call it a beautiful mess. And even in that linear section at the end, there's lots of different types of linear sections that take a lot of risks. Some of them work, some of them don't, apparently. The whole first section, this open world section, is, is big. But when you get to the linear part, there has to be a way to go back to the open world. Because if you can't level up and then be in the open world and fight shit that's, over, that's higher level, then that open world really can't work. Yeah. So they've had to... So what they did, apparently, is there's something that... Like a, basically like a throwaway line or something in the narrative, I don't know what it is, that lets you travel back in time as a higher-leveled character to do those challenges. Yeah. And so I know that, so that's good. I'll have that comfort to know that I can always go back and do this stuff. And I just got to accept it on its terms. And because I know I have to accept it on its terms, I'm, I, so far I'm just having a really good time because I've been told from all the reviews I've read and from my experience already that there's a ton of fun to be had. There's weapons to, to, to level up and, and grab. There's items to find. There's quests to go on. There's the car to drive in. There's the, your boys to chill out with. You can go to all these different hotels and get experience. You can sit at bonfires and make recipes and go in caves and adventure and explore. It's like everything I like in a game plus a Final Fantasy narrative slammed on top it's like it's like cake and eat it almost it's the kitchen sink game and yes that may be a beautiful mess but it's also going to be a hell of a lot of fun most of the time and and so far i'm having that fun for me it's been a case of i just got to the point where i was like i need to blitz through the first couple of chapters of this and get engaged because it is a lot of just freewheeling at the beginning and there's not really opportunities the characters are saying the lines and you know you kind of get a sense but they're I want those. I want moments of those character development and and more deeper reasons to connect to, yeah. uh, you know, Gladio and uh, Pronto yeah. and all. Until and, you, know, you go through any kind of experience with these guys, there's they can have all these words that are like basically the verbal equivalents of punching a dude in the shoulder and saying, "Oh, you asshole," you know, or whatever. These little bonding moments that that these men go through, young men. But until there's a real like life or death situation or somebody saves somebody's ass from being killed or you go to a hotel and it brings back memories of an ex-girlfriend that broke your heart until there's like a plot point like that the real bonding doesn't begin yeah and beyond that it's it's basically I, the the leave the hinterlands approach that was like the big thing right. in dragon age right. inquisition about to get out of the hinterlands although that isn't what i hear the advice is on this game but well yeah not all the way but to me it's like you start out and you go to the, this this garage and you have this open slightly open world and it's here are some bounties here are some maybe side quests and it's like I guess but one of my biggest problems right away is the car I don't like the car uh-huh. I, I kind of hate the car I, I've heard I've heard that and I mean, the it, big reason is you don't control it you don't control it it stays on the road you can kind of move it around the road and it leads to a lot of there's not a lot of road there's a lot of open terrain that you end up just sort of having to jaggedly sprint around because of low stamina and maybe there's something that raises that and no, the... no there's a there's a trick um so uh, what you do is uh and i haven't i haven't gotten back to execute it since i learned this trick but you um you hold down the circle button or in your case the um 
whatever the right button is on, on the uh, what do you, whatever you sprint with. Oh, okay. Or do you push the stick? I think it's the stick. Uh, well, no, it's both. You can either hit the one. Oh, button then on B the, probably. B. You could you, if you hold down B while you're sprinting, and right before you're about to run out of stamina, you let go and hit it again, and your character glows green, and you get to keep running with a boost, and you can run forever. Now it's completely like it doesn't make any sense. Why even bother with that? They no. just did. Nobody knows why. Because probably they thought they figured out people were really annoyed. And they were like, well, we got to let people have infinite sprint. Let's make it a mini-game. Um, then also, after Chapter 3, you go on a certain hunt, and you get a chocobo, and it's a non-issue. That's what I've been... So yeah, those, I figured those are, those are shut down. But again, even that still... And, uh, and even still, though, the car... I mean, it's like, why have a car? Why not just say... But it's because they want you to have the banter in the back seat. They no, I fully get that. They want you reading. It is the open world experience of when you go start a mission, and it's like, hey, let's drive here. And then, oh, wow, we have this conversation, and it's perfectly timed to how long it's going to take you to get there. I get that. But at the same time, it's like, man, I'm already hitting... Hey, 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 Ignis, why don't you hop behind the wheel a lot as much as possible whenever I get the opportunity? Because... It's also, like, when you see the estimated time, it's like it's a four-minute drive, and you go, I'm not going to a story place? That's just four minutes. And yeah, you see them doing the things you do on a road trip, and I do like that, but how long is that going to be I mean, charming? I, like I said, for, well, another thing, too, you can always warp to the car, so people have figured out how to make that work to their advantage. So you go off somewhere, and then you warp back to the car. And then... Which... which you're, you're playing on PS4? Uh-huh. Okay. It, it's, a uh, The load times are, are noticeable. I, I haven't noticed Less it. so oh, once you're in the game, yeah. but to start up, yeah, it's, it's, real bad. it's significant. It's bad on PS4 also, yes. Um, which is a bummer. Also. Yeah, it is a bummer. Like, I've been kind of trying to cheat it, because, you know, Xbox has the whole suspend feature, but it comes back all weird, and sometimes I have to load anyway, yeah. so... Especially not with a game that's, like, this big and this new with this many moving parts. It's like, I'll give you a great example, Fallout 4... You restart that game from the title screen if you want it to work right. Yeah. I mean, it's just too messy. But, um, and I'm still not a huge fan of the combat. I like it a little better. I like the, the, the summon attacks, basically, that you do with your teammates, or the, the skill attacks. Tech, tech. Attack, yeah, whatever they are. Um, I'm not, it's They're weird fun. how the like the camera shifts away from you, but the combat's still going on. It's a, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get a read on. I'm trying to get a feel on the whole combat system. Again, everything I've read, and we have to go on by that a lot, because, you know, we're so early on. Everything I've read is that, that you start liking the combat much better, like, 12 hours in. I'm already liking it a little more. I already like it a little and, more, and too. And the big reason being, I've gotten to the point, and again, past that first chapter... Where I'm starting to find dungeons, where I'm actually going through, like, paths and, and exploring, and combats are occurring that, you know, you're, you're going through like you would random encounters. And uh, it's fun that way, because I have also had situations where some gigantic motherfucker with a sportle just bursts out of the ground at, like, level 30 and yeah start trying to just one-shot You me. better book it. Yeah. yeah. No, um... It's interesting. I mean, it's definitely a game that I like having a guide with, because otherwise I'm just overwhelmed. Um, but I want to know like where the where the uh, side quests that I can do are and where the ones I can't do are, so I can like go back to those later. Um, but the combat is interesting enough. And oh, I'll tell you another thing. That, and this is all a lot of the stuff that came from me listening to people talking about it. Um, two of the you know the ascension menus where you level up your skills with AP. Yeah. Two or three of those weren't there a month before the game came out. The whole weight mode ascension menu thing was not even there. Weight mode, I'm too. liking too. I are you using, weight using mode? it? Yeah, because I found it. Well, first of all, you get to analyze the creatures and know what that's crucial. Has. Libra, right? Yeah, but it also gives you a little bit of time to think and and plan out what you actually want. A little to do. more Final um, Fantasy. Um, but it, it's not like a sort of thing where it completely stalls the game because you're pretty much moving unless you actively stop. So wait, so you have weight mode on all the time, you just don't always stop. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, to me, I, I feel like I haven't tried that really yet. I'm still, I'm, I'm still finding the sweet spot okay. on what version I want to play, but there is a whole weight mode menu of upgrades, so if it gets it's better. It's interesting. I, I do know this. It's definitely a game where going and reading at least like four or five of those first things to do in Final Fantasy XV articles is smart. Because there are things like first skills to get, they'll just make it easier. Like you should, I've heard that you should definitely get the ones that give you AP boosts. Oh yeah, way. I figured that one because I mean, that's just money in the bank, right? So you got to do, but but I mean, even prioritize that above experience because experience is way more common. Another thing in the dialogues, there's always an option that gets you AP and always an option that gets you experience. And if you know which which di- which is kind of stupid, it's like. I wish I could pick what option I thought I wanted to say, but yeah, whatever. There's no, there's no, it's no, it's not a good bad morality. It's a, <laughs> it's random it's, bonus. Yeah, it's like, hey guys, you want to answer or should I? I mean, it's literally the choice you make, and and yeah, you get AP or XP for it, and they always say prioritize AP if you can, you know. And I guess you would just look at a, a, a fact and know which ones are AP. Although I will say I'm liking the experience and the way it kind of you have to camp. For the level ups happens, then you can like build up a nice stack, and then like you'll see your ring pop yes. a few times. And not only that, but you've gone to places and seen the bonuses, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for eating meals and whatnot. And not, well, no, no, yes, but also if you go to even the trailer over there, uh, there's like a trailer. That you oh, for sleep sleepy, in. yeah, and you'll get the multiplier. one point two five. Yeah, yeah, and there's one that's up to three eventually. Yeah. So you know the big tipsters always say like you know do a ton of monster hunts, don't sleep. And then go sleep and you, at, a, at a time three for 10,000 gil and, you know, watch your points just skyrocket. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's I this is a game that I think whether – no matter how we discuss it on the Game of the Year episode, it's definitely going to get discussed. Whether it's a disappointment, whether it's the best RPG, whether it's – We've got to get deeper on though. the game. we got to – because it's yeah. – impo- I'm having Chapter 2, you're in Chapter 1. Yeah. I'm still – I want to play it though. Oh, yeah. Which is a good thing. I mean, it's it's – that was my worry. I was like, am I buying this? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> it's a weird fantasy world, though. This is this is kind of tangential, but it's yeah. funny to me how there's so many people that are in, like, your standard Final Fantasy garb, and there's mages and witches, and then you'll go to the gas station, and there'll be, like, a, there'll be a fucking frat bro with his backwards baseball cap and his vest over his, like, buttoned-up shirt, and I'm like... What game did you walk into? And Cindy, is that her name? Yeah, Cindy. I mean, everybody hates oh, Cindy. Yeah. Everybody hates Cindy. I mean, I, I don't like looking at those big fake-looking breasts. I hate it, in fact. Uh, rather than the um, uh, goal they were going for, they got the opposite because I'm kind of repulsed by it. Not because I don't like beautiful women, but because... It feels just, exploitative. It feels exploitative, and I don't even... Even if I wanted to look at, uh, you know, a scantily clad woman, I'm not saying I do, but even if I did in my game, and I was even if I was okay with being ex- exploitative, I don't like the way she looks. Like, just don't like that character model. I, I really don't like her accent. It's a terrible southern paw accent. Pawpaw. Oh, I literally had flashbacks to Pawpaw, and I was thinking to myself, what the fuck is that from? Pawpaw, Pawpaw. What was that? And, then, and, and like, it took me forever to figure out what it's from because it's so unlikely. Uh, you know, with the, with what you're saying, the ana- anachronistic way that you know you'll run into like some redneck. No offense uh-huh. to people that live that anyway. I don't want to be offensive, but you'll run into some, like, guy like you were describing in a game where you're dealing with, like, really, like, I don't know, mages and warlocks. I don't know. It's weird. It's yeah. a weird tone. It's, no, it's it definitely is. Thing. I, um, but, so, but, ha, ha, man, come on. I'm intrigued by the game. Yeah. I want to play more I'm glad of you it. picked it up, because I was worried you weren't going to. 
it, you know, it was like I said, I was I was in this. I was basically at the point where I'd picked up Dark Souls three again to play the DLC with a friend, and yeah. I was like, we have a week because I'm going to return it. Um, we didn't get. You'd already the DLC. bought it before. You know, you'd already paid for that. Yeah, game I'd already i done that. Um, but the thing the thing of it was, I was like, I can return this and get my money back, but. Or I could just spend an extra 20 bucks and get a new game. And yeah. I was, that was kind of where I was at. Um, and and so, your choices were basically Mafia was, 3. Was, yeah, Mafia 3 I want to play, Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare. I was like, yeah, we could play Zombies. Um, or uh, Battlefield 1. Um, I was going through all these games. Like, I've played games like that. I've, I've, I like played Wolfenstein when it was free a little and things like that. And I was like, you know, Final Fantasy 15, all the reviews are good. Enough. Yeah. Um, there are some caveats, but no one's like, they don't seem to be complete deal breakers. And a lot of people are just like so, like, it, like the, the, the reviews, if anything, they read like a breath of fresh air, like of relief. People are so relieved that it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, basically my takeaway was, let's let's give it a try. And right now, so far I'm glad I have. We'll, yeah, we'll good. see. Good. It's going to come up, I, I assume, in some form or another in Game of the Year, and, and potentially maybe beyond. beyond that. Yeah. We'll see. Cool. Very cool. Um, well, now, uh, speaking of potential games to be discussed on Game of the Year, um, and I'm going to let you sort of talk about this one and ask you some questions because we got to do sort of at least step into this one a little bit. One thing we never stopped talking about on the podcast when we had our last episode and the one before that um, was all the different little news drops about Pokemon Sun and Moon. This is a big game. Um, it actually There was actually a whole year with no Pokemon game in between making yeah. this game. Um it is the last hurrah on 3DS, probably, uh, most likely. Yeah. It is new in some ways. So what I would love for you to do is 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 just give your like like your two minute review of the game or whatever. <laughs> oh, You're Lord. just just what do you think of it? Like how are you liking it? Because I've been playing it too, and I'm a lot earlier. You finished it. You're working on post game content, so I'm going to give my thoughts. But I really want to hear your summation as a pokey expert. I don't mean to be dickish, but you've played a lot of Pokemon games. Well, yeah, I've played every mainline Pokemon game, uh, and a lot of the remakes, and a lot of the sequel or updates. Uh, I love Pokemon. I have since, I mean, it's the first game I remember truly loving on a handheld. I got it very soon after getting my my Game Boy Advance. Uh, It wasn't the first, or not Game Boy Advance, Game Boy uh, Pocket. My Game Boy Pocket. I did not have the big brick, but I had the pocket. Yeah, yeah. Um, remember loving that and i've kept up with it in some form or another i mean even when i haven't been super into pokemon uh around the third and fourth generations i would still always get the new pokemon when it came out and try it out and play through it um and then uh you know i've i've long said black and white is my favorite generation five and x and y i really liked but had things missing from it like story entirely yeah like story because and in fairness x and y was let's move this to a completely new dimension we're gonna go 3d we're gonna keep a lot of the same perspective and whatnot but we're also gonna change it up and and of all things you know 3d models for over 700 pokemon there was a lot of work to go into it in other areas uh sun and moon to me is probably my second favorite generation of pokemon uh gameplay wise because Uh, and the reason being, I've had more fun with it than I... Do you I... mean period, or do you mean gameplay-wise? Uh, period. Okay. I mean, I, I think gameplay is the most important factor of that, so so to that extent. Yeah, but what, what it is is... Well, when, I, when I'm... Yeah, okay. Well, what ahead. it was... Uh, nostalgically, of course, I have a lot of love. Well, there's nostalgia, there's story. I mean, yeah, all of that goes into gameplay. I mean, story goes into gameplay, but I thought you were maybe... Because, like... It seems like Pokemon Sun and Moon probably have better are better mechanically than than Black and White are, but because of the sum 
of the story and the well, adventure and the after-game content. I was thinking, I was wondering if you were using the distinction of gameplay as moment-to-moment gameplay or the, the experience overall experience. Of play. Okay, but okay. also, I don't know that I would say that the X or you don't think it's gotten better. I don't think the gameplay's got evolved that much. I mean, okay. black and white was the last big shift in terms of speed of combat. Didn't it go three D? It did go three D, but the battles are still. I mean, visually they've changed, but it's still you know the four. Four picks attacks, you pick one, it, you know... Okay. The, the game, the, the, the fundamental battle mechanics haven't changed that much. They've added things like Mega Evolutions or Z moves, but... Right. For the most part, it, it is similar. And, but, it's, I mean, it's now as good as it's ever been, no? Oh, certainly. Okay. Um, but what works about this are a couple things. One is, the reason I love Black and White so much is that, more than any other Pokemon game, it had a... What I found to be a compelling narrative across both Black and White and Black 2, White 2 which X and Y didn't really have, and none of the games before that have been super story-focused. Basically, they all boil down to the evil team wants to end the world and they get this legendary Pokemon to do it narrative. Um, and, you know, there's a little of that in Black and White, but Black and White's more about the morality of keeping Pokemon, and there's a, a potential antagonist who was raised in the wilderness and lived among the Pokemon, and it, there's so much to it that I just love. Poke and boy. Then, yeah, and then Black and White 2 introduced, like, a schism in the evil team, and there's, like, a civil war going on. Oh, that sounds members. Um, I, I just... It, the world felt a little more real, a little more lived in. Characters would recur across the game. Like, the gym leaders would come back. It, it just felt more fulfilling. Yeah. And I love that Sun and Moon does that, where the cast of Alola... Goes with you. It goes with you. Characters pop back in. You see them earlier. Um, there's multiple groups. Uh, it's the, the structure is completely different. With instead of being the gym battles, you do the island challenges, and in a lot of ways they boil down to be similar. But it's different enough to feel original and fresh. Um, the Alolan Islands are cool to visit. Uh, the story's fun. The Alolan form Pokemon are really neat, and I prefer those to the Mega Evolutions because it, it allows them to be completely different types and just look different and have a lot of uh, some cool, some silly alternate versions. Uh, there is a post-game, which is something that XY really didn't have. You basically caught the two big legendaries that were left. And then you had the Battle House you could do, which, you know... Is that like the Royale battle that we have now? Yeah, this? it's basically just, you know, you fight consecutive and you get BP to buy certain items that they didn't... They basically weren't able to shove somewhere else in the game. Okay. Um, I don't know, it's just overall as an experience... I really loved this game and everything about it. it. It hit the sweet spot. All the new, a lot of the new Pokemon were cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. As far as just overall experiences, I, it's one of the best Pokemon games ever for me. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. My uh, for people that have probably listened to this in the past, and if you read my um, uh, Riches Week in Geek article from a few weeks ago when I was just starting out. Um, I've been trying to get into Pokemon, especially knowing this guy and knowing <laughs> Tim and some other people that play Pokemon for many years. Uh, I tried, especially with X and Y. I was like, I, Black and White, I think I tried a little bit. But with X and Y, I was like, this is the gen. That's it. I loved the starter, especially Froakie. You know, I was like, I'm going to get into this. I bought it. I started playing it. And I fell off again. It's kind of like I felt like with Castlevania, that Castlevania 3D game. What was that thing called? Oh, um, <laughs> Lords of Shadow? Lords of Shadow 1, right. It was like that. I kept trying and trying, and I just couldn't get through it. Well, finally, with Pokemon Sun and Moon, I've done it. I've broken through, and I'm absolutely having an amazing time. It is... 
it, it really shows me why people love these games. And I'm taking it super slow. I'm probably like 20 hours in, and I'm still only on the second island about halfway through. I'm about to face down the fire trial, so I'm getting my my water Pokemon ready. And then I think it's what else can what else is good against fire? Is it rock and ground? Fire, you want rock? I believe ground and water and water. Yeah, and you know, there's other things that match up well enough against it I can't remember off the top of my head but those are the big ones yeah. but yeah so so I'm, I'm working on getting some of those Pokemon together but just as an intro game to the experience oh my god it's perfect because it's got just enough story it's got characters you care about it's got cool things like the professor showing up with a with a wrestler mask on and... that's not the professor that's the masked luchador oh, or whatever his name was masked royal yeah that kind of stuff you know it's just it's just really really cool it, it's like it teases you you know it's a game that's sort of aimed slightly at a younger audience, but a game that if you put the time in and the effort, it shows its depth. Um, and I love Sun and Moon as concepts. I love that I was able to pick a game to match my own Night Owl status. Although it really works out. That... It works out the opposite. <laughs> yeah, you end up being up during the day most of the time yeah. because it's 12 hours off your clock. It makes no sense. Yes, it's so true. Because, well, because they assume most people are going to be playing games during the day. Right, but that is not the case because if you're a night owl that associates to moon... Anyway, so I end up playing the game... Uh, although yeah. I liked the Pokemon in this version better as far as I do, although, although there are a couple I wish I could get, like a little yeah, Nine Tails. That's always what that's going to be. But um, but I'm just I'm really enjoying it right now. Um, my team is Pikachu. I got him evolved. I made him happy with the Soothe Bell. Uh, I can't believe all I've learned too. There's so much to learn. Oh, there's about a shit ton of depth to Pokemon. Yeah. So I got the Soothe Bell going. Now the Soothe Bell is on Snorlax. Did you download your free Snorlax? I did download my free Snorlax. And, well, he's a he's a Munchlax first. Um, but now he's a Snorlax for me. Some Snorlium Z. And I had no idea how huge Snorlax was. I didn't even know he was ten times the size of other Pokemon. I just thought he was like a cute, fat Pokemon, but not huge. No, he's a plot point in the first game. He sleeps on the road and you can't pass by him. You have to wake him up and fight him. That's awesome. So yeah, uh, so he's he's in my main crew, and the main reason he's in my crew is because he's a Poka hunting master. <laughs> he has holdback, and I know there's another one you can get. False swipe. Right, but I don't I don't teach my guys technical moves. I'm only on the second island. <laughs> you know, like am I going to start tech moving? Are you? I mean, did you? I don't tend to ever, but if you have a Pokemon that is an element and you need, they don't know an elemental move yet, it's, it's sometimes a good move. Oh, okay. But, okay. Know, just but yeah. as a tip. That's good. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, so so I am uh, rocking out. And the other thing I do with him is happy hour. Because he can get you double your money from every trainer. So every trainer I come to, I double my money with happy hour. So he's like leading my pack when I'm exploring. But he's so big and fat, and it's just like weird. He gets out there, he takes up the whole, it's weird. I don't, I don't, I mean, he's cool. But see, this is my first experience with all these people. Pikachu, like, I had the Yellow Edition, I played a little bit. But I never really played with Pikachu, so it's just so cool, it sounded wrong. But I've never really used these characters, and, and I got to experience this. So I have a Pikachu, a Snorlax, I'm, I'm rocking the, the traditionals. Then I also have a, uh, right now, I, I like, like you were saying before, you usually have, like, one slot that's, like, knew somebody knew you're powering up or whatever. So I have like a the guy he's like a plant and he's got like little sickles uh that he he uses um tune fee or so, something like that. A tune fee or uh yeah, this dude. He's just a, he's a sickle dude. Um and then I have um a uh when you say sickle dude, I think immediately of Scyther and I'm like you don't know. No, I have I have a Growlithe uh, a Growlithe. Here, here we go. I have, um, I have. I just brought up my game. I have a Growlithe. I have uh, Dartrix. So that was my starter. Sure. 
Pikachu, Snorlax, Slowpoke, and... Oh, you know what? I swapped that guy out for Paris now. I have Paras. Is Paras good? Paris? I like Paris. He's kind of cool, right? If you're hearing <laughs> ambient Pokemon sounds let me, right Let now. me juice it up here. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I love. Uh, as far as soundtracks, this is probably my f- second favorite soundtrack. Yeah? Like, uh... <laughs> Well, they're getting the There's soundtrack. Like copyright law. No, no, we're fine. Um, <laughs> man, you're on it, dude. Having a comic book, man. You're all over the legalities. Go ahead. No, um, but the <laughs> I've lost Rich. He's playing. He's I'm not. Playing I'm listening. I'm listening. Go ahead. No, um, it is fun though. It's fun. I hope I, Gar- Dartrix doesn't get over 35 before I leave the island, or I'm fucked. Right? Why would he be effed? Because after 35, you can't control him. Oh, oh. No, that's the only Pokemon you get in trades. Really? I, I forget how it works. But it's, I mean, it's mainly there as a cap to trading yourself Pokemon that could let you blitz the game. Okay. So I forget exactly how it works. But anyway, no, the soundtrack's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I still think Black and White is the key. Every unique theme in that game is sweet. I, really? I listen to those on my, yeah. The kind team... of like Bounce Sweet? The Cinnamon Bun Pokemon? Or, or the, or the... Bond Sweet. Bond Sweet. Uh... No, I list, like the Team Plasma theme is one of my favorite video game bits of music ever. Dude, I, I, like, I'm that telling stuff you, gets me so. Now much. that I'm into this, XY's next, just because I need to do XY and then Black and White, or maybe I should go in reverse. Maybe I should do Black and White then XY. I Black and White's my favorite, so that's what I would argue for. Just but, start playing it. Yeah, you think I would enjoy it after this? Yeah, it is the pinnacle of 2D Pokemon. I think it's the pinnacle of Pokemon to me, but 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 of 2D Pokemon, it's like everything that came before it built into. How many Pokemon are in that game? Oh, that's all new, right? The first one, yeah. It's the, I think it's like 152 new Pokemon. And that's it. There's no old ones. Not, <laughs> excuse me, not till the post game. And then what? Then you get like the, it's like the white forest and the black city, depending on which version you're in. And they, you grow it out by catching more Pokemon and they're all new. And it's, it works kind of weird. Black 2, white 2, um, Eschewed it that. was, it was just Oh, uh, free for all. But yeah, yeah, for the most part, Black and White, which you should play before you play Black White 2 because it's a direct sequel, is uh, just straight new Great. Pokemon. And that's an awesome idea. So. Yeah, I mean, it'd be Pokemon you've seen at this point, a few, because they're in Not many, game, though, right? Yeah, not a whole lot. Uh, but uh, keep going. I'm just going to pull up the one that I was thinking of that I was trying to talk about. But go ahead. <laughs> was it Lee Vanny? I don't think it was. Yeah, I think it was close to that. Hold on, let me go to my right. Pokedex. Go ahead. Um, But the... There's just, I don't know, as far as Pokemon games go, I really enjoy this. I like the, I like How as a, a friend slash rival. I like Gladian. Um, I like Lily. The cast is great. Um, and I is think Magmar good? Uh, Magmar was on my team for a long time. Oh, really? So, yeah, I like Magmar. Magmar and Charizard have one of the most boss fights in the entire anime so oh really have you watched a lot of it oh well i mean i, I watched a lot of the indigo league i watched through the first few generations worth fomantis oh fomantis okay you know what yeah, i'm talking yeah, about yeah. now leave annie's a different family but yeah you see the sickles see the little sickle feet yeah now i see it okay um overall i just think that if you haven't played Pokemon, this is actually a great place to start. It sure was for me. Um, Pokemon has gotten to the point where there's so many monsters and so much depth and variety that it's it's just overwhelming. And the games really are just fun. I mean, it's it's weird. There's so many... It's an RPG, but just there's something about the setup that makes it feel 
you're okay like switching out teammates and it's because yeah. all the enemies are levels and you can yeah. very clearly see how it should match up and how you can level things and it just works the problem that I had with XY when I tried to get into it was the no story thing now Everybody knows that in a lot of ways, really all plot is a MacGuffin. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't really believe that fully, but when I'm, I heard Sam Esmail from Mr. Robot saying that recently, not in those words, but he basically said, fuck plot, is what, what he said. Mm. Uh, well, regardless, but he just says that all plot is there to do is to illustrate your characters and to illustrate your world. And the plot is just the stuff that happens to let you know the characters. The characters are the point. Makes a lot of sense, and the world is the point. I get that, right? That's what he's of, saying, but... right? Sort of. I don't fully buy into it, but you still have to have it. And even he argues that you got to have the plot because if it's not there, you got problems. If you don't have a cohesive plot, you got problems. And X Y, there was no reason for me to even go catch Pokemon. It's like it was just so bare bones. At least in the beginning, it was just like, "Hey, dude, you're interested in Pokemon, huh? All right." And I was like, why I guess because I, there was just there was no drive, no push forward, no mystery. And like Lily and the the the, the Ether Foundation, like, yeah, it's not like mind blowingly deep, but it's enough to pull me forward. And I needed that, and I didn't get that next Y. Now that I'm sort of into Pokemon, maybe I could enjoy X Y. But back then, I was like, really needed a reason, and it wasn't giving me one. No, I mean, I got all the way through. It's also a, a fairly poorly paced game. Yeah. Um. Like, the way the gyms are spread out is kind of bizarre. It's, like, 15 hours before you get to the second one, and then they, like, hit rapid pace. It, it, it's a weird one. I don't like that um, either. But, I, again, I accept that they were... Your, your your focus goes somewhere, and when it's completely revamping everything, that's where your focus goes. I would have liked a bit more story. But story... For a lot of people, story's never been the focus. It's really only been in uh, a couple where it's been huge. Alpha Sapphire, Omega Ruby really actually built up the story of that generation and added a whole post-game uh, episode of additional, excuse me, content. So, you know, it, I it's... like it. I mean, you know, it's like the anime has a story, you know, like story's good. Uh, no, I mean, I, I like the anime. I've actually been watching the XY anime because... Oh, yeah? Yeah, because uh, it's apparently one of the best ones the show's ever done. That's, so. uh, that's ironic and backwards. A little bit, but yeah, it's it's, it's... the story. The, the game with the weakest story has the accompanying anime with the best or one of the best plots. Yeah, it's weird. Very weird. Uh, anyway. What's Master Quest? I saw it in Walmart today. That is, I think that's the third or fourth season of Johto of of the second gen anime. Oh my god! It's weird to say it that way because the up through I think like Hoenn. Or Diamond Pearl. One of those, it was basically the same anime, but then they kind of, like, recast and revamped oh. and changed studios. So now it's just kind of each game. It's still Ash, and it's still kind of his continuing story, but it's like they kind of change. Like, the the, the the Sun and Moon anime is apparently switching from the more serious... I mean, as serious as Pokemon gets. But narratively driven to being about, like, Ash goes to Alola and goes to school, and it's more gag-based. So... What I don't understand about, the, about that is... Even in season one, he probably caught, like, devilishly powerful Pokemon. So how does he, like, ever need to catch another Pokemon once he has a legendary or whatever? Like, I don't get it. How do you drive plot and make him reset when he already has beastly powerful shit? He doesn't have... I mean, his Pikachu is arguably probably super powerful, but... But he doesn't have, like, he doesn't go, like, legendary hunting in some seasons or anything? No, the legendaries only really show up in the movies. 
And they're they're like straight up demigods that he had. They're like forces of nature that he works with. But they beat the, they probably like beat him. So to it's death. very different from the yeah. game. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous that you can catch them in the game. Given so, actually, I think Sun and Moon does a good job of like how they do it of, of building that out. Yeah, but like in the past, it's basically like, oh hey, God showed up. Let's throw a pokeball at him. So, That's another thing. The pokeballs are interesting. I really like. So I was listening to the game informer uh podcast and they were talking about they did, they did like a pokemon sun and moon two-part like uh let's play and or game club and they were saying that like past level six the pokeball is kind of useless and i i think that's just wrong like what it really is is at least in my experience is they're really because you told me it's a one or a one point two five. Well, it's, it's or a, a one one point five two. I was a oh little okay off on okay one one point five two. But even still, looking at that, like one, it's like the difference between a one and a two is not like the, the like night and day, or is it? It it's significant. Okay, because the catch rate, the number's not huge. I think it's something like one or three is the lowest up to I think a hundred forty five. Or 255, maybe. It's something in that range. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're a times one and, like, your base number is maybe, again, with the status effects and whatnot affecting yeah. everything. Let's say you're... Like, say your number was 75 and you multiply that by, you know, 1.5. Well, now you're at, like, a... 115. 115, something like that. Yeah. A little higher. Yeah. Maybe a little lower. But, but that, you see, I mean, yeah. it's bigger when the number range is that small. But, yes, but, but at the same time, though, if it's a three, it's then a six. That doesn't really change shit. So it does matter. So, like, what I'm saying is the hardest ones still stay really hard to catch, no matter what ball you're using. But the percentages are big enough that it's like... Because it goes from, like, a 3% chance to a 6% chance. So you chance. never use Pokeballs anymore at a point. I mean, I'll, if they're in my inventory, I might throw it on occasion. If but I you know don't buy Pokemon catch rate. No, I, I tend not to. But, like, the thing to think okay. of is it's like... Because the way it works basically is you get a number, the system does a check, and basically it's like the check can be anywhere on here, and if it's lower than your number, then they are, or it's lower than this target number, they're caught. So like if it's a 3 out of 255, then right, you've got a very small chance they're going to be caught. But if you double that, it's a little better, and yeah, it's not big, but it's big when you're throwing like yeah. 30, 40 balls at some of these three catch... And really, the three catch rate is really low. It's for legendaries. Right. Um, and then you have other balls that do well for legendaries, so you're okay. And if anyone out there... I'm not a super ex, super duper expert, so if I'm, any of this is off, it's just take it as hypothetical, a grain of salt. I, I, I don't... I'm not... I, I read Smog on for the articles occasionally. I'm not on there religiously on right. the forums... You know, playing the competitive you meta. You don't have Bulbapedia open on your laptop on your bedside table so that you get it through osmosis all night? Not all night. I do have it open on my laptop a lot. but That's funny. I need to do that more. Um, but anyway, so so I've been having a great time playing Pokemon. It sounds like you are too. Um, yeah, I'm playing Alpha Sapphire now, right? too. Now. Oh, wow. Are you actually going to straight play it all the way through? I have. I'm, I'm actually past the fourth gym at this point. Oh, wow. I'm actually... Who's your team? Uh, in that one? Lord... Uh, I think I have Breloom, uh, Groovile. Um, oh, these are all different. Oh, man. Oh, man, I'd have to pull it up. Uh, but those two, no, I think I think I have, I think I have Lanoon in my team right now. Well, I don't know any of these. 
There's a lot of Pokemon. There's over 800... I mean, there, well, there's 801 officially right now. There's an 802nd that hasn't been announced yet, but everyone knows who it is. And there was just a big... In other news, there was just a big Pokemon Go update. It was really big. And what they did was they upgraded the Pokedex from 134 to... It's a little yeah. higher than that. Okay. It's like 145, maybe? And they, But they added a whole bunch. Seven. All the baby forms and... Togepi, I think. And oh wait, but but this, don't 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 take this for the slap in the face. It totally feels like Pikachu in a Christmas hat. Ah, shit. I did meet somebody though who was like, dude, my whole wish for this whole holiday is to catch a Pikachu in a Christmas hat, and I was like, fuck, dude. <laughs> they like, also added you're Ditto. about it. They added Ditto a few weeks ago, finally, which so. can do stuff. Or Ditto is the transforming Pokemon, so his whole deal is just... And he's good for breeding, right? Yes. He's fantastic for breeding. That's what I've heard. It's kind of dark. You just have him bang anything and it'll make a baby. Well, how does breeding even work in Pokemon? That's the last thing. We gotta move on, but... Alright, you, you put two Pokemon in the, that are the same species, or one and a ditto, of opposite genders, in a Pokemon Center together. Give them enough time, they'll, they'll they'll. So you can't breed different species together no. at all. No, well, no, other than Ditto, because I think Tauros and Miltank go together because Tauros right. is a bull, and, and there's no cow. and there's no female. Yeah, yeah there's no female Tauros, no male cow, Miltank. Um, they have an egg. You get the egg. You run around and you hatch it. A thousand steps or ten thousand steps, right? And the goal is. IV training if you catch a fully evolved Pokemon. I do it because a lot of the Pokemon you catch might be fully evolved and you need a baby. And when you're filling out the Pokedex, it takes a long time to do some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, my goal, since I'm playing Alpha Sapphire, is to just transfer those over whenever the Pokemon Bank update happens. So Over to Sun and Moon? Yeah. Okay. So that you can do what? There's a bunch of legendaries in Alpha Sapphire. So that you can do what? Just, just continue to fill out the Pokedex. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alright, rad. Huh? Rad. I just love things that are like a means to a no point, you know? I mean... Yeah. It's fun. It's collecting. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a collectathon. Ukulele is my most anticipated game in next year. And I heard it, so. got a, it got a release date or something, right? Yeah, I think April? That's awesome. Um, that game looks sick. I'm jazzed that. That game looks sick! Um, we'll have to do most anticipated at some point, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we usually do that with Game of the Year. Yeah. So... All right. Uh, I think it's going to be ukulele. Spoilers. <laughs> um, all right. So let's do a couple quick hits um, because we've, we're have we already at two plus hours and it's getting late and I want to play that Resident Evil 7 demo. True. Um, so uh, on that note, that was nice. I like that. You just like put it succinctly. Like, just like, true, 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 yeah, true. Yeah, true. True. It sounds yeah, like we, yeah. we could be at like a poetry jam and that's what you'd say, you know. And you'd Respect. Holier. Respect. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Holier <laughs> than that, bro. Holier. All right. All right. All right. So hipsterness aside, which I approve of in this case. Um, let's just do a couple quick hits, um, and, uh, I'm gonna start, uh, with, uh, with one that I got yesterday. Um, another, like, it's, it's much more groundbreaking and exciting than it is fun to play, um, or, or, or awesome of a game, and that is Super Mario Run. Um, so this just came out, it's only on iOS Did it just drop? Because suddenly I was seeing talk about this. December 15th. Yeah, uh-huh. summer fifteenth. Was that just was that announced for a while? Or oh I yeah, yeah, yeah. Blaze over my head. Apparently. No, no. We we talked about it on the podcast uh, two months ago. That it had a date though. 
Yeah, it was December. We didn't know what. Day. Okay, okay. We didn't know what date, but yeah, it was December for iOS and next year for Android. Oh, um, nice. I can't even play it. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Not to me. yet, but you not will, yet. Soon yeah. you will. Um, but anyway, it's the it's 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 a big deal because it's the first time that Nintendo's ever done like a big game like this. I mean, Pokemon Go isn't even really by them. It's Niantic and that other company. Um, it's uh, no Niantic and Game Freak and Nintendo's tangentially involved and gets a small portion of the profits, but it's not their game. Um, that was Mario talking. All these sound effects tonight. Get the fucking I know. Holy get, get the fuck out, yo. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so Super Mario Run is really fun. I am a huge, huge fan of Rayman's um, phone games. I think that probably the best game that I've played the most of any phone game is either Fiesta Run, Rayman Fiesta Run, or you know. Better and worse in different ways is the new one, which is more of a free-to-play game, or it is a free-to-play game, with a lot more microtransactions that I never do. Um, and that was just po- uh, uh, Rayman Adventures, I think it's called. But the Rayman games on the on the phones are by far my favorite mobile games. And this is similar to those. They're, they're not infinite runners. They're side-scrolling auto-runners. So Mario will run, and this is a, it's a one-handed game. You hold it in your right, or I guess left hand. <laughs> I've seen so many jokes <laughs> this week. About it being one-handed? Yeah, you can play Super Mario Run with one hand. Uh, People, why yeah. are you whacking off? Uh, yes, I don't or know Or doing why. whatever else, I guess. There's been so much... I don't know why people took that well, text Well, it, well the thing about it is that... You know why? Because a lot of games are playable with one hand, but they just never say it. This one, they're just like, you can play with one hand. This game is played with one hand. It says it the whole time. People, they advertise it that way. And that's because Nintendo's very like that. They're very brass tacks about their shit. They're like, we gotta quantify... Like, you know, they're scientific about their game design. They're also creative. But it's very much science meets creativity. You know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like, they have to have some kind of, like, serotonin drip in your brain um, every five seconds or something. Like, that's just, like, the design mentality of Nintendo. Um, So... You know that's the so they're very much science meets creativity, and so they're they're just like we got to figure out like the the ultimate scientific way to make like a good game for your iPhone, and they were like we want it to be a game you can play with one hand, so that you don't have to like reorient your phone, and just just so that it's available. I don't really know what the reasons are. They just think that that's easier for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's you play with one hand, and you basically just hit uh, you tap the screen to jump, and then there's context sensitive stuff. So like you'll be climbing on some. Do we have to do something? No, no, just keep it on. Right okay, now. we have to climb. You have to climb on like some monkey bars, and then like you can jump off them. Um, but you can never change direction. Like in Rayman, you can change direction. In this, you just go straight unless you hit a wall, and then you can jump against the wall, and you'll start going the other way. That's it. Period. You just auto run. But it's fun, and what makes it fun is in each level. And I'm going to show you this, but uh, the fans can't see it or people in podcast land. But each world, there's there's 24 worlds. And that's a cool thing, except that they're very short and it doesn't feel like a very long game. So this is the Maybe whole keep game. keep updating it? That I'm hoping for. If they do that, that'll be great. But it's $10. For, for free, you get these three levels, Jordan, right here. One, two, three. And then you get a 10-second preview of the castle. If you want to play the additional 24, the additional 21 levels, you pay $10, which, of course, I instantly did because I'm dying to play this game. I love Mario and play it on my phone. I love those Rayman games. So anyway, um, when you play this level, see right here, mm-hmm. there are three types of coins. You start out with just the pink coins, and you got to collect all five. So you start the level and you jump, and there's like ways to jump against walls and grab coins. So there's five pink, and then once you grab all five pink in one run on that level, then you can graduate to purple, and then you have to collect all five purple, and they're placed in more difficult to reach placements. Okay. And then in the third, and then if you do that, then there's black coins. 
and they're really hard to get to, and, and you have to like really puzzle out like how to jump up there and then do it. But then the real challenge is you got to get all five in one run. Right. So it's like they're like daredevil moves to get each one once you get up to black, and you have to execute all of them in one run. There's also a time limit, and then there's like a rewind function you can do two to three times in a level. But your time limit is so tight that you can't rewind too far back or you'll run out of time. Right. So it's a really well thought out game. Like I was saying, like it's very scientifically thought out. We're going to like to be just right and perfect. So they poured over these 24 levels and made them really good and really fun. And it's super fun to play. But it's over way too quick. And for $10, I mean, it's, it's just not enough content there. Um, there are two other modes. It's one called Toad Rally. Which is basically you run against like ghost players and you and then like toads cheer for how good your run was at the end and if you win then you get these toad fans and then the toads will start populating the third mode which is like this toad like it was the first place that I was it was this uh, where was it uh, this this place it's like a it's called um, like Toad Village or something, and you just build this up. You build a little house that lets you play like mini games every eight hours. You get prizes, what, and it's like a it's like a it's like a very mini version of like a free to play uh, tapped out or okay. something like that. Like where you're building up your town, and you use the other modes to feed this town, and this sort of acts as like a visual representation of how well you've progressed or how well you're doing in the game. So it's fun. It's a nice little distraction, but the prop, the real limitation is when you look at the tour mode and you see that there's only 24 levels and they're like 30 seconds each. Mm-hmm. And it's just not enough content. Like, they need about three times as many levels and then it would be a rad game. It's just not, it's not complete enough. Well, but as a proof of concept and at being a really fun Mario game, I mean, they nailed it. We knew they would. It's the guy who did a Mar- Super Mario Brothers, the original, made this game. I mean, you knew it was going to be fun. But it's just not, it's just not feature complete and, and, and large enough. But otherwise, it's really fun. I recommend playing it. When it comes to Droid, I, I very well will. Very awesome. Likely will. What, yeah. what do you got? Uh, so, I want to talk about Hitman, but God knows I'll go on for half an hour on that game, and it is gonna it is going to come up in some form or another on our next episode. Awesome. So, instead, I will talk about something I played a little of. I'm about halfway through. Uh, the first episode of Batman, the Telltale series. Awesome. I want to hear about this, because the last one just dropped. It did, yeah. So, um... Telltale makes a lot of good games. I don't. I mean, that might be a secret out there. I don't know if anyone knows. People know. Telltale makes games ever since Jurassic Park. <laughs> after that, after Jurassic Park, and a few before. I mean, the the Sam and Max yeah, games, Back to the Future, it's arguable, but yeah, no, those are those are widely accepted. Cl- well, okay. Sam and Max, at least, those are widely accepted classics. Okay, um, uh, but but they they standardized their style with The Walking Dead, right? And have since pretty much stuck to that model. So, and then we had, what, Game of Thrones, and we had... Um, Tales from the Borderlands, Minecraft, Game of Thrones, Minecraft. Story Mode. Um, well, the Wolf Among Us uh, Wolf Among Fables, Us, which yeah. is really good. Oh yeah, that's one frequently referenced. Um, and then, you know, it was announced they were doing a Marvel project and a DC project. The Marvel project has since been revealed to be Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Are you psyched? We'll see. Okay. I don't know. The, the, what if it's Abnet and Lanning's Guardians of the Galaxy? It won't Telltale be. Games? It literally won't It be. will not be. It, oh, the, the teaser trailer is a, a, a uh, oh, tape fucking, player uh, floating through space. I'm so sick of that motif, and it's only been in one movie. With a song coming out of the headphones that's a retro song. So it's going to be the I'm movie guard. I'm so sick of that. Um, Batman is really much... like If you've heard anything about it, it's probably that... It's as mu- it's more about Bruce Wayne than it is about Batman, or at least that it's fifty fifty. Yeah, um, which is more than ever before. 
Uh, and I would say that's true. Like, the, the, the main thrust of the game, at least from the beginning, because, you know, the first episode of a Telltale series is set up. And that's just true. Um, and so what this tells is you've got Bruce Wayne, you know, doing his Batman thing. It seems like he's semi-early in his career, or at least it's a very AU take on it. Um, there, a lot of things are different. So he and Oswald Cobblepot were like childhood friends. All right. Oswald went off and now he kind of had a rough, after his parents died, he was sort of left penniless. He's coming back to the city and, and, you know, Bruce is like, he might, you know, Bruce isn't sure what he wants. He wants to meet him. Uh, all that he really has left is this rundown park. And he seems like kind of a revolutionary almost like he's that against the rich people. And he has that Cockney accent, uh, that has weirdly become standard for the character. Um, well, so is Harley Quinn's voice. Yeah, and he's also got more of the um, uh, penguin from Gotham look to him. He's kind of tall and lanky. Oh, he's not fat. He is not, no. Oh, okay. Um, you've got Harvey Dent, pre-Two-Face. He's running for mayor. He's friends with Bruce, and Bruce is helping this campaign. Carmine Falcone wants in on it, and, you know, you can either you can either agree to work with Carmine, you can hardball him. You know, it's, again, it's the standard tell-sale choices. Catwoman's there. Um and there's some kind of mysterious crime going on in the city that Batman's trying to figure out, because that's what Batman does. Um, and there's a mystery. Uh, and, and also, it, I understand there's there's really good detective scenes. Yeah. No, the, there's a there's a scene where it's like, all these clues are out, and you kind of find them, and basically you need to... The first one's pretty rudimentary, sure. so I assume they'll get a little... Hopefully, they'll get a little more difficult. But it's like, you have to like take one clue and like connect it to another clue, to like, nice. and then find the link between them to say this this happened and it led to this and you know it like recreates the vision of what happened and you see it occur um it feels like it's a solid entry so far like i i played the only reason i stopped was because it was late at night and i was pretty exhausted but i was it was like blitzing there i was actually probably a little more than half i think i got through chapter six there's usually eight chapter games i want to say probably three-fourths of the way through but i was just i was heavily enjoying it i mean telltale I think if you are familiar with the franchise Telltale is doing, you are likely to enjoy a Telltale game. Now, if they're doing their job, you know, it can be something you can enjoy. Like, The Wolf Among Us, I think you can give to anybody. Yeah. Because the concept is there. it's even better. Oh, it's obviously, yeah. It's totally better if you're a fan of Fables. But, that one's there. But, like, Game of Thrones is why I wouldn't throw someone into the Game of Thrones. Although, it's kind of unrelated, but... It is, but also the spoilers, though. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, uh... I'm really enjoying it. I will... The thing with me for Telltale is I'm almost always ep, uh, wait for the whole season. It just the finished. The only game where I didn't do that was Life is Strange, which was Dope Nod. Um, no, that's not true. Borderlands. No, I waited until the end on that. I mean, I played the first... Like, a lot of times I'll play the first episode. Oh, okay. And really it's because... They're usually free or very They cheap. almost become... Yeah, they're either... They're either free or almost Almost free. within a month or two they're free for a, a period. Right, right. That was the case with this. Um, but I'm ready. And again, Telltale games really aren't that expensive. I mean, you no. get a lot for $25 yeah, at most. it's a killer deal. It's a killer deal, although they're limited. I mean, they're not asset-wise, <coughs> development-wise. They they should be cheaper. They're not what... I mean, if you're if you're basing strictly on asset, no, you get I mean, 10 no, to no, 12 hours of content. No, no, no. no. You're, you're, you're right. No, I'm not. I'm basing on an equation of development manpower. That's what I'm basing on. Um, and, you know, that's why I think, I don't know, it, it's, that's, another, that's an argument for another time. I get your point. You get a lot of value. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you're, you're making the trade-off, but 
and they chug on occasion. They've gotten better. Um, but unless they like, completely revamp their engine. But it's also to the point where, I mean, no do one does episodic yeah. like they do. No. They are... They're able to juggle multiple projects. And plus, now. you mentioned Hitman, which which you'll we'll talk about later. But I mean, that whole that would not exist without Telltale establishing the model and establishing its 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 efficacy. Yeah, not at all. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm really enjoying the first episode. Uh, talking about it makes me want to finish it up. Yeah, and that then, makes uh, me want to play it now too. Uh, then then go into the next one maybe. I mean, the whole season is out now, so I could go ahead and just. Uh, but maybe that could make my game of the year list. Probably not. I mean, it's solid fun, unless yeah. it's transformative later yeah. on. But, uh, you know, uh, for me, the top tier is still walk- is uh, Tales from the Borderland, Walking Dead Season 1, and I need to... I need. I know it. I know I need to do The Wolf Among Us. Right. But... Because it's great. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, I think on that note, uh, let's do a quick uh, tell people what we're going to be playing and uh, close it out, because we will be doing Game of the Year. We'll be back before you know it. Boy, was this fun. With a full house. Or yes. At the very least, Kelsey more than likely. Maybe Tim. Maybe the elusive Tim will finally return nice. again. It would be nice. Uh, he is fun to talk games with uh, on and off the air. That's weird to think. It's only, he was on our 50th episode. It's only been nine episodes since he was last year. Really? Yeah. Huh. Gaming episodes. Again, okay. if you out there... Listen... We know you love gaming. That's what we found us for more than likely. But check out our other shows. We do film. We had, uh, you know, a fun... <clears throat> what did? What was our last film episode? We just kind of looked at what we'd been watching. A whole bunch of things. Of all the movies of late. You know, TV, we're always uh, taking a look at different characters we liked. We did our favorite science fiction TV shows. Uh, comics, we did our Outcast... Or not Outcast. No, Outcast. Yeah. We did our Outcast yeah, book club. Yeah, it's actually called Outcast. Um, a whole bunch of great content out there. On that, we got a lot of great uh, new ideas planned for that later on. We're going to have our game, our top of the year for everything, and it's going to be super fun. Uh, you can find thejoyofgeek.net. Check us out there where we've yeah, got check out our content. content. Yeah, and speaking of which, uh, we won't probably have a Rogue One podcast as such, but there is an awesome Rogue One review by um, his truly, <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, it was. It ended up being a long one. It was a, it was a, it was a meaty review. I tried good. to cover a lot. Um, it was a labor of love. I mean, I, I know you've been really busy, and this was one of those where it's like it's like it needed to pour out of you, your love for this movie. Indeed. I, it's been a while since I wrote for the site, and it's just, I was like, I didn't want to miss another movie. Yeah. Uh, but you can find that at thejoyofgeek.net. You can find thejoyofgaming.com for all of our episode archive, or on thejoyofgeek.net, there's an RSS feed. Uh, Joy of Geek, Joy of Gaming on t- uh, Facebook, at the Joy of Game on Twitter. And you can you find want, Jordan at. Yeah, if you want more of my musings, uh, I tw- I've tweeted more thoughts about Rogue One, uh, as well as other things on uh, Twitter at IndigoMaster, E-N-D-I-G-O-M-A-S-T-E-R, JordanLSaka.tumblr.com for all of my writing stuff. And uh, go to your comic shop. If if not when this comes out, uh, December 28th was the scheduled date that is hopefully maybe going to be made. It's... Is it, it this might funny be delayed that a now week? you're kind of understanding like all the when when comic books get delayed like now you're seeing I've the learned inside. a lot. It is it is a it is a complex process uh, that goes into making a book. This this has been I mean, terminal protocol it, but... been two almost two years in the making now and it's finally going to be out. The PDF is uh, out to the backers. It's been exciting. The the project's almost done and more more's coming. So uh, but yeah, check out your comic shop and ask them to order a copy if if you're at all interested. Awesome. Uh, and you can find me at Rich Lepore on Twitter. I've been tweeting a lot more lately. You can find my uh, – in th- this holiday season, it's been a little less than weekly, but my weekly column, uh, Rich's Week in Geek, it will be back this week. 
uh, and uh, hopefully every weekend here to go. Um, got lots of thoughts to talk about there, so that's a good place you can come and find my um, ideas as well as Twitter. Um, and then obviously every weekend uh, we record one of our podcasts, uh, so uh, pretty much every week you should find a new podcast. Hopefully gaming will be – we really wanted gaming to be twice a month. We're working on getting back to that schedule. For now you'll get it at least once a month, hopefully more often. You should get – in between – as of recording this, we have – this, including this, we got three in the hole – we're going to try and as many as we can of those year the episodes while we have the whole crew together. Yeah. We'll see what we can make happen there. And then uh, we already have some ideas for what we're doing in January. So we sh- it should be pretty steady yeah. content Lots going through content. at least, I would say, mid-February. So. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting times. We're going to have some live appearances that we're going to be doing. So it's... Uh, yeah, it's, check it's, us. Come to MAGFest. If you're at MAGFest, we're at MAGFest. We, we are. need to chill. We need to trade Pokemon, etc. Get them street passes. Yeah, dude. I heard uh, traded Pokemon uh, grow faster. Isn't that true? They do. They get a boost to experience. That's really I sick. also now know that Street Pass got way more sick with the puzzle swap, so I'm super happy about that. More sick? Yeah, they have a bonus chance where you can get like anywhere from 6 to 13 pieces from a puzzle. What? Yeah, it's got that boost mechanic now. Anyway, Ooh. so I'll be playing that. Just throw, The more any game throws in gambling aspects, the better. <laughs> in terms of... like player engagement it's just true it is it's just true. uh so what are we gonna be playing oh man there's so much stuff so much stuff uh more final fantasy 15 finishing up pokemon sun and moon um i recently and i'll talk about this sort of uh, uh in the future we didn't have time tonight but i played deus ex human revolution so i can't wait to play mankind divided although i hear it doesn't have a real ending which really bums me out <laughs> sucks to start something and know it doesn't have an ending but i digress such is life you me i will be Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. More Pokemon. Uh, maybe some Batman. I'd, I want to play that too now. I'd really... Uh, my computer screen cracked. I actually had bought uh, Baldur's Gate on the Steam sale. Wait, what? I've, I, I haven't even had a chance to play it because of... The original Baldur's Gate? The original Baldur's Well, no, no, no. The remastered edition. It was completely remade from the ground up a few years ago. I didn't hear about this. Yeah. It Is has it... a new expansion that came out too from a new team. Uh, so I'm hoping to get to that once my computer is fixed. But for the most part, Final Fantasy 15, Are you gonna Hitman, pl- and yeah, Pokemon. Awesome, awesome. Uh, on that note, I'm Rich Lapore. I'm Jordan Alseca. We'll see you real soon. Bye.